Here we go. All right, welcome everybody. I don't have a name for this thing. I just did that thumbnail up with my phone in like two minutes. This is just three a casual post-Christmas chat with the three R's that aren't crazy in the manosphere. Got Rich and Rolo. I think it's you guys' the first time I've had you on this channel, isn't it? I Other than so. Rule Zero. Yeah, well, together anyways. Yeah, it's yeah, true. I've been, on, I've been on your show. I think I've been on your show once. Damn, I got I to gotta fix that one. All right, well, we got- It's always cool hanging out. Yeah, and so for the guys that are here expecting the Patreon videos, those are going to come. Christmas time, it's hard to get uh, schedules combined. So once we're all done here, then we'll switch over to the private Patreon. We'll deal with that stuff over there. But I guess, Rolo, man, you kind of brought up a good point, and I'm sure everybody who's been on Twitter over the holidays kind of know where we're coming from here. Why don't you lead us off? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, well, okay. I'm, I'm sorry if it seems like I'm just doing this out of boredom. I'm really not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I just uh, something occurred to me over the the holidays here. It's it's funny to see like where people go with their tweets and their their messages and everything. I'm sorry. I'm probably a little out of focus here real quick. Let me get myself back up. There we go. Much better. Um, now I, I just been sort of noticing a trend here. Um, I asked maybe some of you guys know, I know you two know, um, we're going to be doing tomorrow. We're going to be doing the rule zero end of the year show. And, um, of course you guys will be on, I'll be on, uh, most likely we'll have, uh, Troy or, uh, and, or John on, and we'll just get a few guests on there. But as I'm going through the guest list and I'm looking through Twitter and I'm just seeing what the, the popular conversations are right now. Um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about like, not only like what has happened in 2019, but also what we're going to see coming up in 2020. Now, Rich, you and I, and I think Ryan, you were on the same show when we were on that other uh, podcast we used to be on. Um, we made predictions about what it is that we were expecting to see in 2019. And I, tomorrow we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth, but as <laughs> yes, I'm, yes, definitely. Um, but as I'm like thinking about these things, I'm, I'm making notes and, and trying to do my homework for tomorrow's show. So, um, as I'm looking at that, I'm like, okay, so what am I going to see in 2020? And so I'm coming up with these things. And as I am, uh, yeah, it's possibility. Uh, I'm talking, I'm in, I'm in talks with, uh, with Robert Frank right now to have him on either my channel or on rule zero at some point. Um, I would love that. I'll, I'll see if he wants to come on tomorrow. He might. Um, but so I'm trying to get a feel for what's going to happen in 2020. And I got a good, a good idea as far as, uh, you know, politics and the quote unquote gender war and all that other stuff. But um, one thing I'm noticing right now is a real push for traditional conservatism or trad cons, which is <laughs> something we've talked about for, for a very long time. But I think there's something this is like sort of trad con with a new twist. And as uh, Rich and Ryan, you guys know, last uh, last May, I was at the Patriarchs Convention, and it seems like this is supposed to be something that is uh, something uh, I think a lot of guys are betting a lot of money on right now. And they're betting a lot of their own careers on, and they're betting a lot of... Uh, a lot of their brand of me, their personal brand of me on the idea that uh, what I call neo-patriarchy will uh, will amount to, I think, in 2020. And um, Should we have that argument again, too, on whether they really believe it or if it's just a really good grift? Well, we can certainly talk about that. <laughs> I th honestly, I think there are there are a lot of guys. Who, well, you know what? Leo, that's a good place to start, Ryan. I think a lot of guys actually do believe it. I think that this because they're very invested in it. Um, and I think we know who the uh, usual suspects are when it comes to 
uh, guys who would like to be quote unquote, you know, neo patriarch, uh, red pill guys, but not really red pill. I think a lot of guys, a lot of these guys are sort of leaning away from the idea of red pill because they don't like the, the connotations that go along with it because a lot of people are conflating red pill with PUA or, you know, oh, Rollo only he talks about spinning plates and, and that's all he's about is just, you know, getting laid as much as possible. And anything I can do to sort of misalign whatever it is I've been writing about for almost 20 years now, um, that does well, yeah, it's hard to attack up. you straw man. I'm, that's well, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's also another thing I wanted to start with here is that I think that there is this sort of, um, uh, you know, Rich, Rich, uh, Rich did a, a pretty interesting tweet about this. Uh, what yesterday or today? I can't remember. Um, but about um, just not so much that it's a cope, but it's it's almost like a selling point right now for these guys to have like this, you know, picture perfect family uh, trotting through the woods, and this is uh, this is something that it, it's like the advertising for uh, a Zales commercial or something like that, and and like th like as if this is something that is you know not only possible, and I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying well, not the it, way they envision it, not in the way that they envision it. But so here's my here's my thing is um, recently. Um, uh, the president of the manosphere has decided that he wants to attack my family once again and attack my uh, my wife and attack my my daughter by insinuating that I in some way am getting divorced. I'm not. I've never even considered that. I've been married for 23 and a half years very happily. Thank you very much. Um, and my daughter is going to graduate with honors from a four-year university uh, in May. And uh, we have a fantastic relationship together. But uh, because this is the new narrative, because this neo-patriarchy thing is the new narrative, these guys have to attack me where my strengths are. And so I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Rich Maybe getting a wife for half of them would be a good thing, too. Yeah, Isn't that, that the thing? Be, Like, Rich, yeah. you notice this. Rich, you're, like, you did everything you're supposed to do. You made a lot of money. You're tall, Chad. You got the wife. You got the kid. You were basically the Chad poster boy. And if, I don't know how... And everybody knows a guy like you who's done all the right things and still ended up in a position that wasn't Norman Rockwell. So, like, I can't think of it other than to flippantly go, how's that working out for you? But I don't know how to lead in with this. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Where do you want to start? I mean, there's so much to cover on this on this. Well, thing. first off, were you happy? <clears throat> Obviously, at the end, no. And at the beginning, probably yes. And in the middle, varying amounts. But was I happy married? Is what yeah. you're um, I think I was happy with the idea of marriage and the bill of sale that I was sold and what I was supposed to get. But it's like, um, most guys find out, I mean, 50% of marriages end in divorce. And I was watching a video, somebody linked to a tweet, um, in the last hour or so where there was a video breaking down the study. I, I printed it. So I got to summarize it later. I, you know, if it's useful, then I'd like to make my own video on it. But, um, the study concluded that something like 13% of people are living in bliss in a marriage. So, um, you know, the, the dog and pony show that you get when you go on Twitter with some guy, you know, with his kids frolicking through the woods sort of thing. Um, I personally know of at least three or four Christmas cards that I got this year from families, um, you know, with them frolicking in the woods, you know, the two or three kids, you know, holding the hands with the sweaters and the fall leaves everywhere and the typical, you know, traditional postcard yeah. sort of um, Christmas Not card. staged at all. <laughs> yeah, not staged at all, you know, who were who were actively talking to me in the last two years about getting divorced because they were so miserable. So, uh, I mean, 
it's difficult to really pin um, what where to really start from this. But I mean, like for me, I was just happy with the idea of marriage, but I found out that marriage wasn't what I was expecting mm -hmm. to get. And I didn't, I didn't really take my time with it. And I didn't really pay attention to the red flags like I should have, because I mean, I've, I've been very honest whenever I broadcasted and I was, I was totally plugged in, right? Like I was a plugged in uh, blue pill beta for the most part. Um, and it, it, it took trauma for me to wake up to come to the realization that things aren't what people said they were. And for some people, they can have a blissful marriage. You know, they can be, you know, ma patriarch sort of thing. And, um, you know, it comes with a nice sun hat and a cool beard sometimes along the way. And sometimes you're still banging other times you're not. Sometimes there's some indiscretions outside of that marriage, you know, before, after, during, I don't fucking know, but it's not the, picture perfect scene that they want to sell you on the postcard it's, it's just not i mean why am i talking to so many guys about getting out of their crappy marriages through the divorce machine and trying to minimize the expense of the cost because i mean it's fucking it's just that way right like that's or get off of that sunshine list yeah Roland, yeah, you may not know this yeah. in ontario they have a list if you miss mm -hmm. a child support payment they put you on a public website for your public shaming. Wow. Oh, nice. Lovely. Wow. Yeah, they and, they're yeah totally, that's and they're totally cool with that. Yeah, and they're yeah. totally well, fine that's with there that. Was, I only found out about it because there's all these stories coming up of guys that are absconding to like non-extradition countries because their support payments ended up being more than their actual payments, mm -hmm. like their, their actual income. And so guys uh, are leaving like the Philippines and Indonesia because like it's either this or I, you know, die. Yeah, like there's just like there's so much shaming going on everywhere on – on the interwebs with ideas. And it seems like lately, you know, the new tool for people to shame is you need to wife up these women and make babies. And if you don't, you're not a real man, you know, to be a patriarch, you need to complete this task to achieve this level. And it's like a lot of guys would disagree with that. There's a lot of guys that I've talked to that are, that are living broke as fucking hell in their parents' basement, watching their entire paycheck, go to their ex-wives and they discover they're being alienated from their own kids that they never get to take fishing. Yeah. Right. So and we're not even patriarchs. I did this thing too. I asked on Twitter. I'm like, guys, give me an example of a patriarch that's known for being like a father, not for anything else. And nobody comes up with one. They had to go back to like Solomon. And I'm pretty sure he was known for other stuff. Well, Gene Simmons. But yeah, you can <laughs> ask anybody about who the quintessential patriarch is. And not one of the guys could be known for, oh, he made like 15 babies. It's always something mm -hmm. else great they did. And the family was, they also had a family because, you know, back then everybody had one. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's, so it's like they don't believe it either. I don't think people believe it either. So I don't know why it's so it resonates. Here's the thing: is like, and, and I've said this on on half a dozen other occasions, but like, I don't use my family as an example of what guys can have if they read my book or they do what I do or whatever. And I've never, I've actually actively avoided talking about that because i don't want guys to get the wrong idea that like oh all i got to do is just follow in rollo's footsteps and i'll have a hot wife and a and a, a beautiful daughter and you know he's not exaggerating hands. by the way yeah and i'm and i'm yeah exactly i'm not exaggerating here but it's uh family's like those but, fucking uh pictures you buy in the picture frames yeah exactly. family in there with shutter i know and and that's and that's the thing that gets me is like and everybody knows how protective i am of my daughter and my family and all that stuff too and but primarily i don't use them as examples in my work because and I mean, sometimes i do very on the very rare occasion if i think that if i think the illustration fits i might use it but i, I know, but i understand why guys want that a lot of guys want 
what I have. They want that picture perfect, you know, frolicking through a uh, professionally shot, uh, frolicking through the forest kind of thing, or, or, you know, the, the picture frame photo. Um, and they want that. They really, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. Of course you want that. You know, of course you want to be happy. Of course, totally you would love to, most guys would love to, would love to do something like that. And I get that. And I've said this a million <laughs> times. It's like, I am totally for the institution of marriage. I think it's fantastic. I think men and women are better together than they are apart. I just think now it is the worst risk that a man can possibly take. And we see yeah. this over and over. And you know what? It took, um, it took the internet and it took, uh, you know, the manosphere, what became the manosphere. It took, uh, you know, these forms and this sort of comparing of notes between guys to really realize what was going on. And I understand these guys really want to celebrate marriage. They really want to say, hey, it's, a, it's not always bad. Yeah, it's not always bad. There's 13% of people who actually have a really fantastic marital bliss, whatever that qualifies as. And even from the early days of The Rational Male, I've, I've asked this question. I said, what constitutes a successful marriage? And I think that it's wrong to actually look at marriage in terms of pass or fail, or this is a success and this is a failure here. Because there's a lot of guys who um, who see like if you get divorced, is that a failed marriage? That's what we call a failed marriage. If you are married for uh, if you're married for 30 or 35 years and you're living in a sexless marriage and pretty much everything you've done up to this point has been steeped in your blue pill idealism, but you're still married. Are you more of a success than the guy who divorced his wife when he was 35 years old and realized that this wasn't going where he wanted to? And he wanted like, he had a to have no kids. What if you're yeah. divorced and have four kids? Like exactly. which one of those is better off? And I've talked about, and these are questions. Like the impression are, Olympics, man. Well, like everything else I've ever written about, it's me connecting dots or asking questions that these guys are not comfortable answering because they have, maybe they've got a great family and maybe they, they want to in some way validate what, the, the lifestyle that they live to get to what to the point where they're at now a lot of people will go and they'll say well we we, we need to save western civilization by getting married and <laughs> having it? more babies okay there's really? that. Yeah. yeah there's that okay fine if you want to talk to me about that and tell me why we need to do that great but the problem is is like all of these guys who want to pitch this what i'm what i'm now calling neo-patriarchy because it's pretty much neo-masculinity with a new uh, you know, a new set of characters. It's the it's it's the sequel to Neo Mas that great movie, Neo Masculinity. Um, well, they don't see a lot of that days, though, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like I see what like this these kinds of things. These I, I should also point this out that in the twenty years I've been well, close to twenty years I've been doing this, I see these things come in cycles, and this is this is predictable because this is exactly what happened in twenty fifteen to twenty sixteen when we were going to say, are we going to elect Trump? Are we going to elect Hillary? How are we going to do this? And then everybody wanted to suddenly become a patriarch. Everybody wanted to say, well, you know, well, the red pill is great, but we need to kick out homosexuals and we need to uh, make sure that we're having more more well white babies. We need to have more babies. Um, and that's when everybody started equating the red pill with the alt-right. And that's where we get it right now. And I can totally see it going that way now. And you don't go and do and, and, you know, schedule a professional photographer to come take pictures of you if you don't have big plans for the next year to go and promote the idea of like patriarchy for whatever that means as an idea. What does that mean anyway? Like, what is the definition of patriarchy? Isn't that like just the head of the household? Pretty much, well, but that's like, the authority thing. Like that's exactly what I was going to say. Is like going to the uh, going like I another 
uh, debate that I got into over this Christmas week um, is the debate as to whether or not uh, men have authority. And what triggered this was I saw this um, this interview by Candace Owens of uh, what uh, Gorka. I can't remember. I saw. I forget what his first name is. Something Gorka. But he's like it's, he's this real is Candace Owens. Yeah, Candace. Um, I think I th- Candace Owens. I think was her name. She used to be Red oh, Pill Black, but now yeah, she's, she's, Black, she is a very popular oh, uh, Red Pill woman. Good. She's Wonderful. kind of a, well. I think she's 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 selling it's herself. Very easy to be as, popular when you're a pretty black girl doing talks she, like this, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's selling herself as sort of the new black and Coulter is what she's yeah. selling herself. And a lot of the stuff that she says, I agree with. But she's having the she same conversation. Yeah, she does good. But she's having the same conversation with Gorka about why it is we need more masculine manly men and we're getting the same stupid mm-hmm. trad con neocon dumbass answer which saying? is well if men just took more responsibility and they were just man up then we wouldn't have these problems anymore and mm-hmm. it's like i'm i'm looking at this going this is the same bullshit prager you has been talking about since 2014 yeah. That's right weird, we've had this conversation like, this is what i say guys just just watch the decline man just enjoy the decline it's, yeah it's, like you get what you, you know. incentivize just like rich says if you're not incentivizing guys with authority then of course they're not going to take responsibility <clears throat> There's there's no benefit to a guy to get married today, you know, aside from having children and, and passing on your genes. You don't need a ring to have kids. You don't need a ring. You don't. I mean, you like, don't have one. You have kids with her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like the like the whole point of marriage from the get go has been the acquisition of in-laws. It's 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 had nothing to do with love or any of those things. Well, it's uniting tribes is what it yeah, is. It's, it's just, you know, it's united tribes. And now it's now it's really you're just handing a loaded revolver over to your wife in the state to decide what happens in your life if it doesn't work out or if she gets bored or you get beta ties and she doesn't want to bang anymore and you know mm-hmm. chad looks more attractive or steve from accounting you know it, it's it's just the way that it goes but there's a lot of guys out there preaching to you well well let's talk about the good cases okay well let's talk about the 13 percent of good cases where the guy has solid frame in the marriage and he you know, he picked a, a solid chick that doesn't bring red flags to the table. We can talk about those too, right? I mean, Rolo is the main guy to go to for that one, right? I mean, like, yeah, you should yeah. Be the I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who should be selling neo patriarchy, right? I'm, yeah. the, I'm the guy who should be frolicking through the woods. <laughs> but I'm sure <laughs> even, even, even Rolo would attest like his marriage ha- like can't have possibly been perfect the entire time. And being the godfather, you know, the Rolo Tomasi that he is, I'm sure that that's played a certain amount in the success of your marriage lasting this long and her having strong desire for you this long, right? I mean, like uh, we've seen the pictures out. privately, and you know, just to add some frame to it, because you know, we talk offline and we've seen pictures of Rolo and his wife and his family, and he holds the frame in that relationship, right? Like she defers to him. You can tell by the body language, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you were leaning nowhere straight. She was leaning in. And, You're straight. That's and I'll tell you what, all the I, other checklists for masculinity. Don't yeah, lean well, in. And uh, yeah. well, I'll tell you. Yeah, it's funny. I wrote that one. That did I do that this year? I did the body language. Uh, yeah, I I love John's body language course, but I actually wrote an essay before he started all this shit, and it was called body language. And um, and it it was interesting to me to see like people were sending me pictures, couples pictures from all over the place. Like I, I literally had at least over a thousand pictures to sort of sift through for, to, to find these commonalities in. And that's another thing is like, because we are now in the internet age, we are, you know, uh, 20 years past really the rise of the internet. Now, now we can see these things like real time that we never had access to before. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't, we didn't know what, how people aged over years and see how they, you know, when they like, people who you left in high school suddenly you see them like 40 years later and you go oh man he really screwed up 
that that we have access to information we've never had before. I've actually said that <laughs> people don't want to people don't want to connect the dots. They're uncomfortable with connecting the dots. And and yeah, and so exactly that I looked at that and I was writing that and I go, you know, I don't think I've ever done any of these things and it's not like I had consciously thought, oh, better I better lean out or I better make, you know, make sure I look aloof or I'm looking out at the camera. So I never thought it's just what I did, right? So and that's part of that internalization process, but but getting back to like what Rich was saying, um, and and Ryan, um, I, when I was uh, sort of getting myself involved in that conversation with Sebastian Gorka and and um, and Candace Owens, uh, the first thing out of my mouth was, "This is all fine and great, but when are we going to empower men with real actionable authority that has some teeth in it?" They're because we don't have it's it. never it's never going to not going to happen. Why would yeah. why would women give up the advantage that they have in a marriage and in divorce? Why? Well, and I mean, it's not just that. It's 50% of women can vote half. But the problem is there's a subset of men. And they still think that they're the victim, you know, which is a bizarre part. Mm -hmm. Like, you, like, you're not going to give up something that you have if you still believe that you've been victimized and you want more, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to seek to remove more authority. They're going to seek to remove more power. They're going to seek to, you know, make the divorce process harder or more traumatic for men. I mean, it's... Can you blame them, though? I mean, every time they do it, no, it works. <laughs> of course. I mean, women are solid, so much money you know? In it. Yeah, like you know, women are solipsistic by nature, but we feed that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, look what happened with laws that we write. Look at look at what happened with uh, like what is I I was looking at the stats for this and the the still today and well soon in twenty twenty, um, the quickest, easiest, most common way for a woman to come into affluence and wealth is through divorce. divorce. Yeah. Simple as Ooh, that. Mackenzie Bezos so, was like the biggest winner this uh, past year. Yeah, we look yeah, at Be yeah, look at winners, Bezos. And there's a lot of losers is the problem. There's a lot yeah. of women that do that, and then you know, three years of a payday, and then all of a sudden they're back to square one. Yeah, well, there's yeah, well, no almost authority. Like a lottery. <laughs> there's no authority, and if and I I put out a challenge to Candace Owens. I said, if you want to come on my show, or I'll come on your show, whatever you want to. I'm not looking for super, you know, traffic or anything like that. But I will be happy to discuss this with you and debate this with you because right now we can we can scream till we're blue in the face how men need to man up, and that's what all these patriarchs are doing right now. Is you need to take more responsibility, and you need to stop uh, spinning plates and screwing other women, and uh, settle down and and find find a good quality woman. And uh, have two point five kids with her, and uh, you know, then you'll find your real <laughs> meaning in life. You'll find your real purpose in life. It's there's no greater goal than to be a father. And it's like, hey, man, Rich is a father. I'm a father. It's great. I love my daughter like to the to death. Is what I love my daughter. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's awesome. But you know what? If that if, if your goal is to do that, it's not like, everything. Like, everybody has done this. Every, you know what? Every person that came before you in your family lineage has done that, exactly that. But what else did they do? Where else did they go with that? And and okay, great. You're proud of your family. That's that's awesome. I'm, I'm kind of my supposed family to be, though. Too. It'd be kind of weird if you didn't say that. <laughs> but I but you know, and then of course, what happens is you get the MGTOWs who'll throw this at you and they go, "Well, don't you know, bro, that your wife can take you for everything you got at any time? And for what you know, if she has the chicken instead of the fish, she could take away everything you ever had. And my God, if you were really a MGTOW, you'd get divorced right now. It's like. <laughs> So to be cool, so if I want to be cool with the MGTOWs, I got to divorce my wife and, and find some way to estrange myself from my daughter. Or if I want to be cool with the patriarchs, then I got to stop saying, uh, go and spin plates and date non-exclusively. Shame on and, you. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like I'm I'm I get it from I I get it from everywhere. You know, I get it from all these guys. Do. It's it's you know, there's always but haters. They, out there they never have like and, and and in this in this instance, MGTOWs are right. The men don't have any authority, zero percent authority and one hundred percent responsibility. And that's exactly what Candace Owens was, was talking about. It's exactly really where this neo-patriarchy is pointing. Like, did oh. you guys know during the old British Empire that during a separation, the kids were the property of the man? Yep. Automatically. Yep. Yep. Like, and, mean he and in them. some cases, assets that were brought to the table at the point of marriage, the acquisition mm -hmm. of in-laws, the assets, the acreages, the horse, the fucking buggies, whatever, would stay yeah. with the man too. Right. Yeah. But I mean, all of that's been stripped away. All of it's gone completely in the other direction. And it's just like, you know, like we've said before, it's just not worth it. I mean, it just, it just makes no fucking logical sense today. And, and, and men will still march into the slaughterhouse. They will still march in the slaughterhouse because they've been told to, you know, man up and do the dutiful, rightful thing, whether it's a function of culture, religion, society, whatever it might that have led them down that path or just, just deferring to the female, you know, uh, putting, yeah. putting her agenda first. But, um, it's just, it's just such a bad deal. It's just not a good, and I don't care how many, how many pictures and videos you want to share on social media about your perfect kids. Um, By the start, way, why start, are guys doing that? You really because they're me. fucking liars is what it is, man. They never post pictures of their kids having a temper tantrum on the floor. They never post pictures of the kids smashing the ice cream cone in Billy's forehead in the backseat of the minivan. They'll never share those pictures because those, those don't make them look good on social media. <laughs> they want they the highlight reel, not the blooper reel. Boom. And then, they need and the then highlight reel of the happy, perfect family. It's why you yeah. get the happy, perfect family picture frolicking in the woods with all the fall leaves falling for Christmas cards. You never get them beating the shit out of each other. Right? Dude, these yeah. kids, when they kids 13, are bad. Like, kids are great. I'd love to have 10 of them, right? But like the world that we live in today is just insane. It, it, it makes no logical sense for any guy to do that. But you got to man up, guys. You know, I'll tell you what, ladies, if you want guys to man up, why don't you all march on Parliament Hill with your pussy hats and tell them to make <laughs> family law not hostile towards fathers. Then we can talk about men wifing up women yeah. again. And to be fair, the MRA is run by women, so at least there's yeah. some that. Yeah, do that. yeah. Even even the MR <laughs> even the MRM is run by women. Well, and that's another thing is like if you want if you want if you seriously like if you're listening to this and you consider yourself a patriarch or if you consider yourself like one of these like God pill trad pill whatever the hell you whatever it is if you're very proud of your family and you think that these pickup artists just like MGTOWs think that everybody is a PUA right anybody maybe it's not them as a PUA. Um, if you think that these guys are doing it wrong and you're doing it right, then why are you not out, like Rich said, marching on Parliament Hill and trying to make things work out better for guys? Why, why are you not trying to establish a new real authority for men? Because if you want men, if you really think, if you are honest to God believe that this is the best thing for a guy and this is where you're going to find fulfillment and this is where you're going to find meaning and any other esoteric container word that you want to throw at me. If you honestly think this, then why are you not in some way trying to reestablish the authority of the man in the relationship? And don't tell me, well, uh, you know, because of my religion, uh, I'm, uh, you know, because I believe in some Abrahamic religion, then therefore I am, uh, my, my wife submits to me and she gives me the authority. No, women do not <laughs> give you authority. And I, 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 I one more, go ahead, finish. One, one more, one more conversation I got in I, and boy, if you really want to start a, a viral thread, talk some shit about Andrew Yang or <laughs> say something about a, that candidate or any candidate really talk something. The Yang, you went after Yang right -wing will, Bernie. Will, yeah, well, it was. <laughs> 
Um, but Yang Yang's wife said something like uh, they were talking about some issue that he was really deeply involved in. And she said, yeah, this is why I let him run for president. And of course, I jumped on that immediately and because it's that it's that permission slip. It's like my wife lets me do what the, the things that I want. Of course, everybody says, well, you know, in a egalitarian marriage, you guys should, you know, really make the decisions together and blah, blah, blah. And I go, well, if it is your mission, that is the priority and not your woman is the priority, then that says a lot. That's the kind of guy that I want to vote for. That's the guy that I want to say who says, you know what? It's more important to me to lead this country in the right direction than, you know, if it, if, you know, my, whether my wife wants me to or not, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to, this is my level of dedication to you. That kind Couldn't of thing. Stop so parading talking, him for long enough to run for president. How so I'm talking about that? that. So I'm talking about that. And I, and he's kind of screwed up on other occasions as well, but I'm talking about this. And everybody goes, and so now it becomes a point of authority. And this is this is what throws people off. This is what people hate. They don't like to confront the reality. They don't like to confront these questions. Is the question is this is what would you do if your wife decided to take the kids and take everything from you and go out the walk out the door? What would you do? You and the answer is absolutely nothing. So for all of this, uh, my religion says that she has to submit to me. That's that's fucking awesome. My religion says the same thing, and my wife actually does submit to me. But don't think for a second that I think, oh well, you know, I'm, you know, the, the state's never going to do anything to me. I'm I'm invincible. That yeah, no, that's not so. that's not the reality we live in. And even Andrew Tate will say this as well. It's like if that's not the situation you want to live in, move move to a different country. So if you want to be a real patriarch. Move out of whatever state you're in and go to Bavaria, right? Move somewhere. We're global now. Give it 10 years. They'll be right back. But Rich, you had a story. Yeah, I have a story about a Mormon guy that married a good quality Mormon woman. They had, uh, you know, their 2.1 kids were together for nine years. Um, and the way he was describing the divorce process, so he booked my time to, to, to get some strategies on the exit. And the way he was describing the divorce process, I said to him, um, does your wife identify with feminism? You know, who does she vote for in the last election? And it's like, I started to drill down these questions just to get some frame around her belief system. And, you know, her, like when he met her, she was the good conservative Mormon girl, went to church and all that sort of stuff. Um, throughout the course of the marriage, she, you know, her hair got cut short, dyed purple, she put on some weight, she moved to a, a, um, a social worker's position. And lo and behold, during the divorce process, she used every possible, uh, you know, trick in the toolbox to get full custody of the kids, get a DV or a, a um, um, alleged DV charge against him, which is domestic violence to get him out of the house. And uh, he's had extreme difficulties, you know, getting access to a kid. And this was a woman that, that he felt that he had vetted properly for marriage, right? I mean, the thing that you got to remember about women is they always reserve the right to change their mind at any given time. And if they're going to exit a marriage, if they choose to leave, if you think for a minute that they're going to take their solipsism and unplug it and then just leave it in the closet shelf up there and just ignore it for a little bit while they're going through the divorce, you're a Muppet because it's because it's the default belief that they're going to use to make sure that they're well taken care of. I mean, they need it as a survivor skill, right? That's why she needs the assets. That's why she needs the children. That's why she needs all those things. And family law facilitates that. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything to facilitate access for the father to his kids. In fact, it does everything to make sure that she has full authority over financial resources and, and parenting. Um, so there is no buffer with marriage and religion or any of those things. So don't think for a minute that just because you vetted or got a good, you know, religious woman that she's going to be that way till the end of time.
Yeah. Well, here, there's a question for you guys. You guys are fathers. Since we're on this patriarch thing, let me ask a question. Yeah. You guys love your children. Your children are under the age of 13, which is like age of consent for being on TV or whatever. Why would you be the best father that ever fathered and then parade your kids around on social media before they've had a chance to agree to it? Where's well, it the sells, where's the solid parenting in that? Well, it sells them, uh, patriarchy and tickets and, you know, courses and programs and stuff like that. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. that sound weird? It's sort of like a, I know it's a bit hyperbolic, but like a soft prostitution prostituting it's, your kids for views. Yeah. You're pimping your kids for views. I mean, I, I don't like it. I'm not fond of it. I mean, like, especially in this, in this world and the space that we operate in. Um, I mean, you put your kids at risk doing something like that because there's some whack jobs out there. Mm -hmm. Oh, I totally agree. But that's the thing. That's what I'm thinking. If you really want to be a patriarch, let's follow this through. You protect your family, you protect your kids, you shield them from obvious outrage on social media. I just don't get other than, other than a callous disregard for them as human beings, why one would do that. And then, claim to be a patriarch i'm not naming names that's not the point of this one because i see it with everything mm -hmm. god knows soccer mommy twitter is just as bad yeah that's what i was going to say the neo-patriarchy movement whatever you want to call it is really just male mommy bloggers at this stage um guys who well seriously <laughs> think about it, these, effective women <laughs> raised by defect, yeah well Power i mean mommy bloggers but, but think about it i mean a lot of these guys have quit their day jobs because they see dollar signs in doing this and probably rightly so but i think i don't really think they understand the sacrifices that they're gonna have to make for this but now they're pretty much stay-at-home dads doing whatever it is that they're doing you know whether it's blogging or writing or whatever you know and it's it's mommy blogging it's mommy blogging for dad for dads but um what i was gonna say mommy is blogging for men yeah there are many times where i would very much love to uh you know, tweet out or put on my Instagram a picture of my daughter, who I'm very, very proud of. Um, she's she's absolutely stunningly gorgeous. Um, she's been in pageants. She's, uh, you know, she's like I said, she's going to be graduating. I won't tell you what grad, uh, where or when, but she's graduating with honors. In, gendered studies. In, uh, no, not gender <laughs> studies. No, no. She's, and you know what? At, I'll buy her choice. You know, like not gender studies. So, but. Uh, but I would very much love to because I would love to rub it in these guys' faces and say, look, you know what? Guess what? I, my notch count is about 41, 42 chicks, right? And look, I've got a great – so, hey, I'm an anecdote, right? I'm an outlier, so therefore you should believe me and and follow my lead, <laughs> right? That's that Because that's technically what they're saying. I, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't say follow Roel Tomasi's lead because, you know, like guys will say, well, you know, if the, the – what was it uh, – was it the average number of sexual partners that a guy has is like five now and a woman's is more like seven i think i'm not really is that sure all it is five i think but i think it's Holy it's growing like women's women's self-reported yeah self-reported yeah, yeah self-reported right. so That's... so don't quote me on this but like i it's come to my attention that women have like that was a good week for me after i got to for the forest. first time in history i think <laughs> women have more sexual partners than the average male does right now in westernizing societies um Oh, not well, so, just, dude, whether, I was seeing this shit no man. That and that was right as they opened the borders, like 2008. So it's, so, it's I, worldwide. You, you guys still get married today because they think they're going to have access to reliable, you know, vaginas. Yes, is yes. that what the main so. reason is? You think to placate her and to enter her frame and you well, know the the, the patriarch. They think that like marriage is like a security buffer to you know forever and ever. Like like she's never going to cheat on. Like is that part of it? 
I know for my friends, a lot of them thought that way. I've got like six or seven friends all married. If I wife her up, she'll never leave me sort of thing. Do you think yeah. that's what Well, it, it was more so it was just uh, rewarding good behavior kind of thing. Well, this is what she wants. Let's do it. One guy mm -hmm. got like uh, caught with the, the I'm pregnant talk and don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. So he did it for the kids. Only one of my friends ever did it because it's like uh, his parents were separated and he was like, you know what? Their life was so messed up. I'm just going to do this because I don't want to be like them. But yeah, for the most part, I think it's like a security thing. Yes. Or a yeah, safety thing. Yeah, definitely. Or it's a it's a at least some sort of guarantee of like semi-regular sex because no sex, <laughs> sex doll, or semi-regular sex, which one is the guy gonna, you know, usually to which one which one has more which one is more socially acceptable? Well, to be married and to at least have something rather than nothing, right? Yeah, there's a potential for you to have kids if you're in that, because that's the right thing to do, right? That's what we're supposed to we're supposed to believe as guys. And here's what I think is like, and I don't know if you guys have read this on my any of my my more recent blogs, but when I talk about paternity or I talk about poly and promiscuity and all that kind of stuff. Um, one thing I bring up constantly for men is uh, the male imperative, which is unlimited access to unlimited sexuality. So our innate breeding mating strategy would be if we could, if we had a, no filters and no roadblocks would be unlimited access to unlimited sexuality, which is why pornography is such a thing for guys right now. Um, but because 80% of guys are betas, 80% of guys are unattractive to women, and 20% of guys are more attractive, the guys that women want to have sex, that 80% needs to do a resort to what's called um, strategic pluralism theory. Uh, have you guys read that on my on my blog yet about strategic pluralism Summarize theory? It. So what it is is that low, sec low SMV men, sexual market value, low SMV men uh, will resort to putting all of their eggs in one basket with respect to their mating strategy. So if I'm in that 80%, what that means is it behooves me to believe in Disney, to believe in the soulmate myth, to believe in monogamy, to believe in the patriarchy, to uh, patriarchy, neo-patriarchy, to believe in all these things where it's only one man, one woman, and the fewer partners that I have, the better off I am as a guy. And I've got to convince the rest of society of this so that they play by my mating strategy so that I can focus on this one guy. Because what happens is monogamy benefits beta men. It has, it, it has the effect of spreading women out to uh, to the most amount of men. So women, given their own you know druthers or, or their own mating strategy, would focus, like we said, on hypergamy. So they would focus on the top 20% of guys. Socially enforced monogamy forces those women into believing that there's one man for one, one woman and that we should all pair up and that way – uh, everybody gets to reproduce and we don't have wars and we don't have fights and guys don't try to steal the wives of other people. And that's why, you know, we get it written into the 10 commandments. Thou shalt not, you know, covet thy neighbor's wife and shit like that. Right. So those kinds of things lead us towards a socially enforced monogamy. And with that, we have to have social institutions that go along with that. So there are men who are the top 20%, like the Andrew Tates of the world who are going to be able to nail many women and women are going to choose them and share them as those alpha males. But the rest of the world, the rest of the 80 percenters have to find some way, some kind of social convention to convince the rest of society that they should all be doing the same thing that they're doing. And this is where the patriot, the neo-patriarchy comes into, neo-patriarchyism, I guess, um, is we've got to convince that these guys that if you're nailing 137 women in your notch count or whatever, if you're nailing all these chicks, there's something wrong with you. 
No, there's not something wrong with you. If that's the case, then there's something wrong with every man who says who every Christian man who of, of the 68% of Christian men who admit to being addicted to pornography. There must be something wrong with those guys as well because their innate mating strategy is unlimited access to unlimited sexuality. Just because of that 20% those 20 percenters can can manage that does not mean they're damaged does not mean they have some you know psychological jungian hole in their soul that they're trying to fill with with banging as many women as they possibly can they are simply following their evolved biological imperative because they can and so just because they're like that doesn't necessarily mean or just because they can facilitate having sex with many women does not mean that they have some sort of psychological problem but that's what the 80 percenters, the patriarchs want everyone to believe because it justifies and validates the choices that they made, but they are choices that they've turned into virtues because they were their necessities. So if you've got, if all you can do is put all of your eggs into one basket, whether that's because you were taught that or your religion said that or your family said that or whatever else said that and you're proud of that, great, that's fine for you. I get that. But don't think that that is like, the the natural the natural way of things if you read promiscuity by tim burkhead you will find that in the animal kingdom monogamy socially enforced or not is the extreme outlier and it's the same thing holds true for men as well but the thing i get that and this is one of the points i wanted to make is the thing that gets me is like these guys want to keep up that social convention that says, well, this is the right way to do these things. This is the right way to have a family. This is a right way to like, if I talk to Abu American and Abu American has three wives and he's got eight children, you know, is he a patriarch? I would say so, but he's got three wives and eight kids, right? I mean, he's still nailing more than one woman. So who's right? Who gets to be the patriarch and who doesn't get to be the patriarch? Is it the Muslim man or is it the guy who's the, you know, the born again Christian or the Mormon or whatever? Like who this gets to be thing, the though, patriarch? Kind of feel like, you know, that euphemism about pointing towards the moon and people staring at the finger. Right. I think everybody worried so much about being the patriarch. It just sounds like this narcissistic fantasy to me. Well, see, and that's these... why, it, and it kind of leads to why they parade their kids around because the kids aren't kids or adults or people. Part of the show. It validates the it validates the it's virtue signaling yes but it like these guys have a uncanny ability to actually turn this into a business of making their necessities a virtue. So if your necessity is I can only get with that chick and this is, and MGTOWs the same thing like MGTOWs will say well I could get with lots of chicks if I wanted to I just choose not to because I don't want to be in the game. It's the same thing with patri the patriarchs, right? I could get with lots of girls, but I'm doing the right thing by only sticking with one, right? It's the same mentality. It's just like a different way or different solution to, to solving the problem or, or, or making their necessity a virtue. They, they're not those 20 percenter guys. And you that's know, the weird not, thing because yeah. it's obvious when you see it, when somebody's bragging about stuff that you just don't brag about, like, hey, I feed my kids every day. Like you can just tell there's like an insecurity there that they're trying to cover up and it's, I can understand why girls find 80% of men unattractive because this is how they act. And I can see it. Of course, they're going to see it. Mm -hmm. MRAs do the same thing, by the way. I sh I've, I've heard Paul Elam and some of his friends say exactly the same shit. Like, it's easy to go get a woman. You can just go down to the bar and just find the first drunk one that's around and you can get laid no matter what. You know, like, like, like it's just, the green yeah, I mean, that's, that's first, and I've literally heard them say this, this before. It's like, it's easy to go get laid. You and we got that figured out. We could be going out getting laid if we wanted to, but we're going to do the right thing because we want to, you know, we want men and women to be equal. So yeah, we're going to play on their field.
right for who they never seem to answer that who's who benefits from this stuff because it is it's never the guy that they're preaching to it's always about him shouldering other people's problems to make mm -hmm. them happier lighting yourself on fire to keep others warm right and paying for the privilege. Right. What are you? What are you reading, Rich? What are you reading? Uh, I'm just scanning through the comments and listening to Ryan's cracks as he drops them. They're always good. <laughs> always well timed. I don't know. I mean, you well, know, guys, I, guys aren't guys aren't thinking for themselves. You know, they're subscribing to these like they don't fucking think for themselves is what it is. Everybody's pounding their agenda into their head. Their family's telling them to get married. Their religion's telling them to get married. Society tells them to get married. The girl they're dating says it's time to get married. Everybody fucking, you know, crams it down their throat and they don't take a second to think, Hmm, is this Why? good for me? You know, mm -hmm. like, do I at least maintain mental point of origin doing this? Cause there's ways you can go about having kids, right? It's, it's just, I'm not opposed to having kids. I'm not opposed to fathering children. I'm just opposed to doing it in a way where you invite the state to run the entire show if things go sideways. You're an idiot. You're an idiot if you do that. It's just a bad way to go about it, right? It's mm -hmm. not smart. I mean, in hindsight, like I've seen guys try to untie the knot. I have, um, I have a guy that I chatted with the other week that uh, apparently has a legal professional that will untie the knot. But when I raise questions like, um, well, how do you deal with fraudulent conveyance? Because in Canada, that's two years, right? So if you're so if you're oh. taking a strategy to um, dissolve your marriage, and you've got situations like fraudulent conveyance, or family law in itself is well ahead of the curve anyway. I mean, you can't contract out of family law when it comes to things like uh, child support payments and stuff like that. So guys are guys are trying to come up with all these clever ways to mitigate disaster and damage. But I haven't seen any evidence that they're successful yet. The only the only thing that you can do in North America is not live in a way that the state deems as a marriage. I'm not saying don't have kids. Do what Tate does. Leave North America and go do it in Europe somewhere else. Well, you have to leave. You can't do it because just cohabitating is enough. But Rolo, yeah. you know what this reminds me of? The old pickup days. Remember that big fight over mental masturbation versus guys who actually made new routines by practicing them? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking of when Rich was talking about, like when you're talking about how these guys have all these perfect legal plans, but not one guy's tried any of it. Yeah, nobody does anything. Yeah, so they don't, don't hold any water, right? I just well, find it and, funny and, that no matter how far we get, it's still just like pickup artists having the same fights that they had 10 years ago. Yeah, well, <laughs> and again, like I said, all of this stuff is cyclical, okay? Like the same stuff with the the policy. Like you will, you will see, and I'll, I'll just throw this out there. I'm going to say the same thing tomorrow. You will see in 2020 that a lot of these of the usual suspects will all lean over into hard politics in 2020 because that's, where, because that's where the, they think that the money is going to be. And they might, maybe they're right, maybe they're not, but this is exactly what happened in 2015, 2016, when all these guys from the red pill and all of these players, and you know who they are, um, decided that they wanted to become citizen journalists. And then, uh, you know, at the end of the year, write some uh, either a blog or a, a, a book or something about how now they're free speech activists. I wonder what's going to happen when Cernovich realizes they're coming after his shot at the title. He yeah. starts pushing back. Yeah. Well, I don't That's know. That's actually going to be funny. Here's the, here's the thing, though. Cernovich has two kids now. And I don't know that he's going to be quite as active as he was prior because he didn't have any kids before right and uh so i don't know we'll we'll see what happens but that's the thing is like you can see who who the salesmen are and who the hustlers are and who the people who are i, I did the same thing in 2015 i said you know what this is where everybody's going everybody wanted to be milo yiannopoulos everybody wanted to be a provocative milo 
And look what happened to Milo. Look what happened to Roosh. Look what, well, I mean, kind of look what's happening to, to, to Cernovich, but Cernovich is like, uh, he's, he's a more professional outrage broker, I think. Um, but that's, that's where it is. It's, and people are selling books on how to be a better outrage broker on Twitter or, you know, how to make a viral post or how to, how to trigger people on Twitter for, uh, uh, fun and profit, you know? <laughs> like those are the books and, you know, it's yeah. pay, and you're going to pay 45 bucks for it. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I think you're going to end up seeing stuff like that, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I would very much, you guys have seen the pictures of my wife, you know, well, you've rich, you've met my wife. No. I think actually both of you have. Um, yeah, I've got the pictures on my shrine right now, but I, um, <laughs> yeah, right. Your shrine, <laughs> burning the candles and the incense. There. The little Ibanez um, guitar. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> red you see, you're actually getting visibly red. Hypergamy. Like, <laughs> that, that could be your chant. Hypergamy. Hypergamy. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I, I would very much love to be able to, to, you know, put my life on display. I'm not going to do that because I have, well, first of all, I have respect for my daughter. Mo first and foremost, my wife, my wife probably wouldn't care, but I, I want to protect my daughter because she's in a, you know, a university system right now. And it wouldn't take much for somebody to go, Oh, you're the role Tomasi's daughter, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the point. You don't need you don't need the clicks. You're using the book to do that, and that's what I was I talking before it. about that narcissistic fantasy, the parading your kids around as if it's some kind of thing that I did. Yeah, like well, your daughter did a whole bunch of stuff on her own. She went to school. She kept her hair long, like all the things that people say about crappy women. She doesn't do any of them. Mm -mm. But you're not going to sit here and like look what I did as if you were the sole reason that she made good choices. You're mm -hmm. bringing up the stuff earlier, which is what you should. Well, do. I didn't even. Uh, she didn't even know I had a book. Actually, two books by that by this time. She didn't even know I had a book until she graduated high school. When I when when we were on her high school trip or her graduation trip, that's when I told her. Oh, my my wife and I talked. My wife already knew. But yeah, I told her others, that. you guys live as the example. Well, because so the did. less she knew, well, the less she knew at that point, the better. Because I wanted to protect her. I wanted to protect my wife too. Because you know, well, actually, right up until about two years ago, um, I had a full time job. She had a full time job. My daughter was going to school, and we, you know, you know how things go when people start making rumors about you, and suddenly you lose your job. Or whatever because people don't like you mm -hmm. so uh that's that has always been my concern now that i'm a little bit more public it's still my concern but i'm trying to at least mitigate that you know it's risk management right rich it's amazing what the outrage outrage brokerage can actually do to somebody and mm -hmm. i get why a lot of these guys um that publish content in the space that we talk in remain anonymous they you know they use avatars they don't even use their real names i'm one of the few people that uses my face and my name together uh, but there's some crazy fuckers out there man like i've seen some i've seen some nut bars say and do and threaten some pretty outlandish things and i don't know man like it's like you know ryan's talking about these uh guys parading their children around it's like okay um you know Go at it if you want, dude, but I don't know if that's going to serve you in the long term, right? Maybe you're going to sell some some tickets or some programs or some books or something, but mm. you got to yeah. be careful. Like pe people are people are so weird today. They're they're just mm. and they have unlimited access to things on the internet, right? Like we've seen them do this over and over and over again. So yeah, you got to protect your family and your kids yeah. or whatever, right? I think that's what it is because we spend like an entire lifetime of calling crappy people from our lives, and the internet just gave them a back door to get right yeah. back in. Yeah, they have like access to you immediately, right? Like people get mad when I close down my live chat when I do a broadcast because I have it for members only. It's because I don't I don't want to spend my time playing whack-a-mole with retards, right? Mm -hmm. Well, plus, I mean, you got like I'm doing the same thing now with my Patreon. These guys are paying money 
to support you. And so you give them exclusive content. Yeah, if you're giving it away for free, then yeah. you're basically rubbing it in their noses mm -hmm. that they're not getting anything for their money. And that's just, it, I can't picture anybody in a business who would do that. Mm. Uh, just for this, uh, this super chat here, um, can you guys do a vid dealing with men in social situations? AMOC? I will put that in the great big book of everything for rule zero, and we will certainly use that as a topic at some point. Yeah, same. I kind of like it. It's good because it's hard to, it's really hard to put how to deal with your cheating wife after like a year's worth of content. It's, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's good to branch into other things. And like, no, a lot of people, human I, stuff um, school. I have a, just go, t just go search AMOG on my site and you'll find at least two different essays about AMOGging or the art of the AMOG, I think is what I, what I titled that thing. But I, I, my, my thing is this, is that I think that a lot of, this virtue signaling that's going on by what are eventually going to be mommy bloggers with penises um, <laughs> are well, I mean, but see, the thing is, like, they they, they, they have to. Uh, I wish I could claim a response. That was actually Abu American came up with that, not me. Mommy bloggers um, with dicks. Mommy bloggers with dicks. Yes. Actually, uh, I like the power dads. Do you guys see that? Power one? dads. That was it. Yeah. What's his name? Was yeah, yeah, power dads. Goddesses. What do we have for the dudes? Power dad. Power dad. Power dad. They Power think dad. they're patriarchs, but they're actually de-sexed pit bulls or guard yeah. bloggers. That was it. Daddy bloggers. There's, and I feel strange saying this, but but I mean, there seems to be a correlation between um, patriarchy, um, marriage, and beards. You know, these days, um, I'm one of the few that you know manages to carry the beard, but doesn't but doesn't endorse marriage or encourage guys to get married. In fact, I'm vehemently opposed to it. But there's always that connection that I've noticed too, right? Mm-hmm. I think I assume it's a virility thing, same as parading their kids around. Growing a beard for some reason you, is better than working out. Yeah, I don't know. I, once again, Rich, you have to read Alpha God. There is actually oh, I've a, got it on my phone. I have. Okay, I've there's got actually, it ready to download something. There's actually a section in there that explains <laughs> why religious patriarchs tend to grow beards no matter what the religion like if it's the hasidic Sikhs. jews if it's uh uh you know if it's the abu americans if it's uh you know a lot of uh, like sikhs will do it um, you're not even allowed to shave ever yeah i mean uh what was it uh you know samson grew his hair out and i think he grew his beard out too i'm not really sure but like you know that was the, the evolutionary reason for this is because it makes your face bigger it makes you look like you're a more impressive person and it makes you look more like mass. The, if there's one thing that men can do that women can't do, it's grow a beard and make their faces look bigger than they actually are. So go with it. I would say, yeah, that's what's one of the reasons why, but you'll read that. Well, I wouldn't want to ruin it for you, but okay. there's, a, there's a whole section yep. as to why, why it is that uh, more Orthodox men in Abrahamic religions are uh, it's, it's not a religious thing so much as it is a, uh, a cultural thing or something that goes along with those religions. That's really good. Now, I was just wanted to just, real, just to sort of put the last point on this is, I, I don't have, if, if you decide if it's, if it's something for you and your culture and your, your, uh, you know, your religion or your family or whatever else. And it says, you know what, one man, one woman, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I've been doing the same thing for 23 and a half years now. Um, if that's the, where you want to go, that's, that's fine. But let's at least ask these questions and have these, these conversations about why it is that that is a cope. Why is it, why is it an intelligent a way to approach marriage to minimize the risk? Well, that's uh, that's kind of where I wanted to end. I think there is, right? I mean, like like Ryan wanted to talk about how can we do something like 
well, how can we, how can we, you know, find a happy medium, right? Yeah. Well, we had a talk on Reddit about this with a couple lawyers and they were talking about unrevocable trusts. And that's so far as the best answer I've seen. I have no idea if it's any good. Mm. The idea is you're just putting it into a trust and the trust isn't yours. You actually have to pick somebody you trust and then they will dole it out to the kids at certain age gates, like for school, for when they turn 30. And then the idea is when you get divorced, it's actually not your asset. So there's nothing to separate and give away. If the goal is just to make sure the kids get the money and not that bitch ex-wife makes sense. But then at the same time, that's money you could have used today for the family. So I just don't see the point. Like why get married if nobody else is going to hold up their end of the bargain and expect you to hold up yours, then it makes no sense. Yeah. If I'll take it as seriously as other people take it is the there's, best way to put it. There's no assurances, right? There's no, yeah. there's, there's no T. That's why I keep saying. Well, they like, give you lots of assurances. Like they give you a whole bunch. During right. the ceremony, I gotta, right? Sorry guys. I got to do a quick thing here. Um, this Tom Bombadil guy, every time I have you on, he's on these videos. Can you stop telling people they're going to hell, Tom? I don't want to have to remove you from the channel, but it's just creepy. Sorry guys. <laughs> I just, I just block people like that. I get rid of them. Yeah. But I really like the character in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll see you bastards in hell it'll be fun yeah we'll tuck her back too yeah uh, uh, um, where the hell were we at before he's that? gonna really he's gonna really love book four by the way uh, actually all these guys are gonna really lose their uh, shit the way ahead and strategies what you can do i'm myself i'm going to the common law method i'm like okay you don't need a ring to be married according to canadian law you don't you just need to live together so i'm just doing the live together thing legally it's a bit better it's not perfect but you know it's best with what i've got and the alternative is i got to move to the philippines yeah. other guys abscond from the countries i mean well what's the difference really between me? dramatically when you start having kids like that's where things start to get very interesting right yeah well mm -hmm. that's the thing what's the difference between a ring and not having a ring and having kids your legal uh requirements are the same for both you said something interesting. Sorry to cut you off, um, Ryan, but you said something interesting um, recently on Twitter because somebody was banging on about rings and engagement rings. And I think it was you that said um, engagement rings are not traditional. Um, dowries were. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, was that you? I actually, yeah, it was. Because, I started looking into it. Because you're right, stuff. because rings are something that the diamond company started to sell to people as a marketing ploy, like in the early 1900s, because they wanted to sell diamonds. So they said, you know, diamonds forever, it's beautiful. Women women bought it hook, line, and sinker because they didn't have yeah. to pay for it. All they had to do was have the shiny thing with fire on their finger, and the guy had to pay for it. And the marketers started out with three months of salary, and they're like, well, these idiots are so stupid. That worked out so well. Why don't we tell them six months the next round? And they started using that, and guys were spending six months of salary buying rings to, to, to placate the female but you're right much. Um, dowries have 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 a long-standing history of mm -hmm. being far more traditional than engagement rings but right. those are always my joke on goats. marriage by the way i said yeah. like, i'd marry my girl when her parents can give me six goats yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's six a, well that's yeah I mean, that's and that's one of the that's one of the reasons i think that like the, i was you've probably read these posts that I've done, but about like poly polygamy and poly polyamory and how those societies are more prone to war. Because if you remove, if one guy, like if Abu American has three wives and Joe there's over two here guys has out no there wives, yeah, yeah, there's, there's two or three guys that don't have anything. Right. And that is, well, that leads to, you know, well, angst, I think. Actually, I think it leads to sort of an existential angst in, in will I be able to reproduce? You know, I think most men have a drive for paternity. And I think that's an evolved drive. Um, and that is a source of really kind of 
at, well, I call it the existential fear, but it's an existential angst for men to want to reproduce. How, how do I solve my reproductive problem? Well, if you're in a social order that says you've got to come up with four cows and three goats to buy this, well, they're going to do like those guys are going to be motivated to go and do the things that they're supposed to do to go and get a wife because yeah. it's a sexual release. Yes. But it's also uh, wanting to, um, you know, reproduce to solve your reproductive problem and yeah, make sure that is, it's your damn kid. <laughs> it's a hypocrisy thing for me. You guys, if you want to talk about a traditional life, that's fine. But then you take all of it. It's not like the Bible where you can pick and choose which parts are godly and which ones aren't. Mm-hmm. So when I see these guys doing it, and that's the problem, if you're going to cherry pick, then you see it's a clear trend towards what's good for women. And mm-hmm. that's the parts that are traditional. Any part that's good for the man? No. It's like, I don't know if we were talking about it online or off where in old British law, the father got custody of the kid. Well, he got legal authority over the kids. Yeah, he may not have gotten custody. The opening. So that tradition doesn't count. The dowry doesn't count. Like if you really, if these guys really want to save marriage, like you said, get your pussy hats on, go to parliament, start asking for, Hey, Bring back either bring back these traditions or remove all the traditions blanket and we just have a free for all. Like either one is fine. Yeah. But well, I refuse I, to invest heavily in a system if nobody seems to care about investing in it. Or just get out of the marriage business altogether and the state can go fuck itself. Well, that was how it used to work too. This speaking of tradition. Yeah. yeah. A priest used to put some crap on your arm and then you and William Wallace were married. Well, it was a family that would take care of things. It wasn't the state. You know, the family dealt with law enforcement. It dealt with uh, uh, schooling. It dealt with the elderly. It dealt with medical care. It, it dealt with all of that shit, you know? Yeah. And then as the state got larger and larger, it, it gradually got more involved in everybody's lives. And now, you know, for the last 100, 150, 200 odd years, it's just ruined the state of the traditional, you know, patriarchal household, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing in it for guys today. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, that's that's funny. I had the, I had this debate, and this was almost a year ago. I had this debate with um, uh, which Doctor Everett Piper, who was a regular on Pat Campbell's show, and we were he had both of us on there, and this was around the time when all this shit hit the fan about when I when I said that glue, uh, sex is the glue that keeps relationships together. And everybody started banning me or blocking me or whatever because I, I said something that hurt their fifis. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I had this I had this chat with Dr. Yeah, Piper, who I still have a lot. I, I don't agree with everything he has to say. Um, I don't think he has an answer to some of the, the dots that I connect as well. But we did have this conversation about the difference between a covenant marriage and a legal government contract style marriage. And I think that when you do something like that, whenever a man comes up with some kind of adaptation to work around these kinds of things, like I was saying this, I said, well, you know what? I think marriage is a great idea. I just think that today, the way that we do it right now, it is too dangerous for men to do it. And I came up, you know, I can, I can throw out the MGTOW argument all day long about how it's a bad business contract and you would never get into this contract with a guy to start a business with them. If these were the terms of that, you know, the operating agreement, you would never sign the paper for this. Right. So why would you do that with somebody you're going to spend the rest of your life with? Okay. No answer to that. But I said, okay, look, maybe there's a workaround. Maybe we can have what is a covenant marriage which is this religious family thing that that doesn't have the state involved and then you know people can go pound salt with respect to this government thing where uh, we're going to cut the divorce industry out of our marriage no woman would sign up for that no woman would want to do that they would want those real reassurances well what if a man gets abusive what if he's a what if he's a marital rape what if this what if that what if and women will will bend over backwards to find ways to, to say, no, we need the state involved in this. So it's really women who are dragging the state back into the, the institution of marriage. 
And you're never going to, first of all, you're never going to get it out right now because there's too much money involved in the marriage and divorce industry. And if you go and you watch that movie, Divorce Incorporated, fantastic movie. I've, I've, I've linked it about a million times. If you go and you look at that, it's not so much the people getting divorced. It's the people who are getting you divorced. It's the money that is involved with the lawyers and her lawyer and their attorney and their, their counselor and that psychologist, because we got to go make sure that we, we went to marriage counseling before we did this and all oh, of this the old shit, delaying that, tactic. Of, all of these, all of these sort of sub businesses that go on around the divorce industry. And like, it will take you like big business. Yeah. It will take you like, uh, like half a year, take you, six, tax revenue too, take you right? six months to get married and it will take you eight years to get divorced because everybody wants their cut. Everybody wants their take. So yeah. getting the money out of it is next to impossible. So you're not going to do that. So you've got to find some way to do that. But guess what? If I go and I suggest, I say, Hey, guess what? We should have a covenant marriage, which is what I suggested to, to Dr. Piper, even Dr. Piper, religious Dr. Piper says, no, we need to keep the, we need to keep, uh, the, the government in marriage because right. women need, because he's, because he's, need protection, sh right? he's shilling for the feminine imperative, right? Well, right. these guys need their, women need their protection. Da, 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 da. And it's like, we, like a socialist. all of the things that we, all of the, all of the, the social contract, the old social contract where we might've needed those reassurances are gone. Now they've been gone for way for a long ass time for like 30 or 40 years right now. All of those things that we were going to, you're going to get paid alimony for and child support for, and all this other stuff for all of those things that we were so concerned. We can't leave the woman homeless and dust. Institute, if a guy leaves, there are those horrible, horrible men. They just want to go get laid with their trophy wives. So we got to take care of them. Guess yeah, what? Heaven forbid. All of that. Heaven forbid he has sex with his wife. Right out the window. <laughs> right out the window. Yeah. And so, and and what we've done is we've switched it around. We've we've made it so that it is the worst idea that a man can do. It's the highest risk uh, proposition that a man has right now, and it is the best incentive for a woman right now because, as we were saying at the beginning of this, divorce is the primary way women become wealthy in Western cultures because they're incentivized to it. And so what do we see? We see the, the marriage rate decline. We see, um, we see uh, women pushing childbearing off until they're in their like early thirties now, uh, all of these to things. Be fair, that, I think that's more of a technological problem than. I like, think that's uh, a tech problem, but it's also don't worry, girl. We got that covered. You can freeze your eggs if you don't find Mister Right. So the, what they're doing is that they don't want to get married unless they have the absolute the one of those twenty percenters. Unless they have one of those guys that everybody else wants is this you know this apex alpha guy that they're never going to find, but they're entitled to have because social media need, told them they could. You know, we, need, <laughs> gentlemen, we need another world war. I hate to say it. We need, or a meteor. Oh, yeah. dude, we didn't have labor rights until the bubonic plague killed off two thirds of Europe. I hate yeah. to say it, but you have a point. Historically, that's been the best way yeah. to fix this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, so like either a meteor or because here's what happens is like I can say, guess what? Here's what we're going to do. If I had my, if King Rollo said, we're going to separate the state, all that divorce industry is gone. We're still going to get married. You, I want you guys to, and, and guess what? Men are going to have some authority. We're going to put some teeth back in the, uh, in men's side of marriage. So guess what? If you have a kid and the man doesn't want the kid, you're responsible for it, honey. That's how it's going to work because you right now, you want 100% control over the human reproductive process. My, my opinion and my influence is, has no business in your uterus. Great. Fine. You can have that, but guess what? If I don't want to pay for that, then I ain't going to pay for it. Is there, so, is there anybody? So here's a question I have. So is there anybody currently that's an electoral candidate that's talking about these ideas right now? Nope. nope. Not a single one, not even Trump. 
nope. Trump is a, you know, a lot of people want to make Trump out to be this big red pill guy or this no, uh, big alpha male. Anyway. I think he's that's certainly alpha. He's certainly alpha, but he's no. He he will. He was just a better choice of the two. That's for sure. If if if, uh, if Republican Women's Caucus came up to him and said, "We need more women's rights," he'd be the, he'd be the first one in line. Say, "Here you go, ladies. Sure, whatever you guys want. No problem." I don't get why people keep looking at, uh, you know, help me, Trump, help me, Trudeau, help me. Like their politicians aren't going to save you from yourself. Yeah, that's my favorite is when people think that that politicians are like actually give a fuck. Like you've like you've got to be pretty naive to believe that. Like they do. And maybe it's because we're Canadian and our two biggest parties are both like central centrist corporatist parties, just slightly mm -hmm. left and slightly right. So, well, I, that, it is the, what it is. They're going to look after big business. If you want well, the government what, to work for you, then you have to be worth enough to lobby for it. So here's what happens is if we did that, if we found some kind of workaround, we said, okay, hey, we can make marriage a whole lot more attractive. Men actually get some sort of authority. Within six to six months to a year, women would find some way to legislate around those things. So mm -hmm. men make a move, women make a move. Men make a move, women make a move. Men adapt, women make a move. Women adapt, men make a move. Those kinds of things. Like right now, you keep saying we're in a gynocentric social order, right? Okay. But guess what? All these guys have adapted to that. And every time we've tried to adapt, like the next big thing I think that's coming up is male birth control. When that happens, you will see that this gets that's already been approved. And, yeah, it, and, and it, it really be, just pussifies men. Like it will pussify men. And it will also be, uh, I think it'll be regulated into the ground because they, because women know that, that having 100% control over human reproductive process gives them power like they've never known before. I think well, they're they onto something right though when you're talking about that cold war back and forth. Like, for mm -hmm. example, when I left the military, I lost 40 pounds. My girl lost 30 pounds. Mm -hmm. I started acting more attractive. She started acting more attractive. I think that's actually the way to through it. Instead of worrying about legislation and politics and all those, all some savior, Superman's not coming, just start being top tier because the one thing a girl can't out combat is top tier man. Mm -hmm. And I don't even mean you have to be six foot, no offense, Rich, six foot two Chad and a millionaire to get anywhere. Obviously you are and because you did. But you don't even have to be that far because all these other guys are busy talking about nobility and honor and cabins up in the woods by Portugal. All you, they'll get you, out of your way. Let me ask you guys this question. So, I mean, you know, it's around the holidays and you run into family and friends and shit. Um, when it comes to the lectures around marriage, um, mm -hmm. I mean, nobody really challenges me on it. I mean, I have a feeling that they watch a lot of my shit anyway, and I'm already pretty vocal enough about what my views are on how crazy marriage is to guys today or, or how hostile that dog looks like he's having a good, <laughs> that's her. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. bam. <laughs> but, um, that's the dog cam. <laughs> does, does anybody ever seriously challenge you on that and say, you know, you're leading guys down the wrong path or you're leading them down a path of loneliness or anything like that? Like, do you ever get beat on? No, oh, my guys make fun of me saying I learned it out of a book. <laughs> I never I never have anybody poke at me any like at all. Like nobody like even my family, my mom likes to, you know, badger on my younger brother a little bit about, you know, getting married and why hasn't he found a chick yet? I mean, he's about eight and a half years younger than me. Um, but I think he pays more attention to what I talk about than anybody else now, which is obviously mm -hmm. useful because because he can make it an informed decision but i haven't seen anybody doing any shaming because they haven't got anything to sink their teeth into like they haven't got yeah. a legit argument that they can use what mm -hmm. is your argument for for marriage that that happy photograph of everybody frolicking you know in the woods i did it for the kids for the best answer i've gotten and at that point i'm like all right we're clearly not going to agree but that's as far mm -hmm. as you need. but friends actually listen to you when you talk rich they don't take it out of context so they can yeah. shame you and sell their ebook usually yeah I think that's the difference. If somebody's actually listening, it makes perfect sense.
I I I had a guy right. I mean, I had a I had a guy on I had a guy on Twitter say something in effect like he was oh I was in the red pill and and I thought it was great and it woke me up and opened my eyes to a lot of things but I had to get out of it because it's leaning too far to men hating women or uh you know they believe that all women are you know unconscionable bitches that are gonna you know take you for everything and of course you know the the the, the stereotypical idea that oh uh, red pill are teaching guys to hate women and as i've always said is like the red pill exists not to teach you or not to make you hate women but so that you won't hate women for what they can never be to you and i think Stop that listening to those stupid buzzfeed wannabe red pill types that are constantly doing it for page views right. that'll help well and and so when when i see I stuff the like red pill hates women like i see i see a, a demographic of men that hate women and it's mostly the lower tier guys that don't have access to women and that's why they struggle with it Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These are the the L.A. Rogers. These are the guys who are still borderline like. Well, psycho. and the trad guys that are unhappily married seem to have a real problem with at least one woman. Mm. Right. Right. Well, Just and, saying. <laughs> and so like when when I get that, people will say this. I've, I've, I get that all the time. Well, you you're you're teaching men to, uh, you know, to spin plates and to, you know, to live these horrible lives of, uh, you know, sooner or later it'll be. uh they'll they'll live these lone it's the fear of the lonely old man though they won't be able to to live that life anymore and they'll live with no kids and no wife and blah blah blah. I'm like, do these oh. guys not have grandfathers you that know what? Died alone? they're doing that now I did. <laughs> they're doing that now that's where they're headed off to yeah you, you, heck you might end up like roosh right you might end up like one of these guys who has been a player his whole life and never transitions out of it and never really gets in like you know, never becomes something more than just being a player. Okay, great. I, I understand that. In fact, I say that in, in my, I've got a plate spinning series of six essays. And in the last one, it's transitioning out of being non-exclusive into something that is more acceptable for it, like an acceptable monogamy for yourself. And I'm, I'm not saying marriage. I'm just saying if you want to, once you get into your, uh, your prime years, mm -hmm. if you decide that you want to start a family, if you decide, because here's the thing, I think what, what pisses these guys off is that the red pill teaches guys what the true nature, what female nature is. And even if, even if they say, well, you guys are wild and you guys are teaching women and that's not what they're, it's like, you know what? But we're asking questions and we're pointing, we're connecting dots that you don't want to see connected because in so doing, or even asking these, these questions, it makes you question the decisions that you made for most of your life. That's like how did you end up where you're at? Yeah. What are they going to well, do? Say that what we had actually happened is a lie? Like, no, I was there. I saw it. She yeah. did that. I like the way that Alan Roger Curry put it. You know, like if you're going to get into monogamy and abandon your sexual strategy and, and uh, stop spinning plates, you want to make sure it's more organic and natural than it is enforced because when it becomes mm -hmm. enforced and that's when you have problems later on, later on down the road, right? Like I, I she's would giving rather... you the shit or get off the pot lecture. Everybody mm -hmm. hears this somewhere within their family or friends during the holidays. It's if he doesn't give me a ring by this date, it's, it's like, shit or get off the pot. like i'm gone mm -hmm. like i'm 30 whatever my eggs are drying up i want to have babies now right mm -hmm. and then that's enforced right whether you call it enforced monogamy or, or enforced marriage but you're basically mm -hmm. leaving socially a uh, socially enforced um lyric or soundbite to your plugged in guy to you know subscribe to and it's like okay i'll buy you that ring like you said here's six months of my salary buying a piece of dinosaur shit that's utterly useless right over an ultimatum over That's over a damn thing. ultimatum which is the worst part right you know any guy that like i'll say this right now to you gentlemen anybody that any guy that got the ultimatum over the holidays if you don't buy me a ring by january the whatever next 
push push it off 90 days ignore her ass for another 90 days next her ass whatever mm-hmm. put it off 10 years put it off another 10, 10 years, years before i got my girl a ring because i'm like all right this time you kind of earned it mm-hmm. not only that i got when i got her the ring i actually made her drive home so she couldn't even take pictures and send it to all of her friends and that until we got home that was like my favorite because i'm like if i'm going to give you this thing it's going to cost this much i'm at least going to make you earn it <laughs> by being uncomfortable but it's just happens, it. they don't. They, that's what every girl should be calling Christmas oh. engagement as a hashtag on Instagram. I wonder how many pictures of like rings they'll they'll come up with. Yeah. We, me and uh, me and Pat Campbell talked about exactly this topic on uh, last Sunday's show about giving gifts and like uh, holiday proposals and things like that. Like, like what's what's There's acceptable? Posts with that hashtag. How many of them are those? You know those blooper reels that show the girls oh, turning guys down. Dude, I gotta pull this up. We gotta put this up on the screen. Hold on. All right, let's I'll go pull it. it up and cue it for you guys so you can see All it. Right. Absolutely this is like, wonderful. I was expecting this. I'm fucking good. Here we go. Yeah, well, while he's pulling it up, that's the thing. The relationship is a girl's job. They're the ones that want it. They're the ones that seek to benefit from it. So why are guys fighting tooth and nail to pull them into it? If the girl's not crying at night because you didn't say you love me, then obviously you're not her best choice, or she doesn't think you are. Mm-hmm. If I, and it just lets me know that like a guy hasn't realized he is the prize and if he's if she's not acting like he's the prize then you need to find somebody else who does mm-hmm. but all I, these guys that are like trying to shoehorn a girl into that position mm-hmm. they're really mm-hmm. doing themselves a disservice mm-hmm. all right let's all right, pull this so yeah, I, got <laughs> I got a switch screen so i can't see what you guys are doing but there you go here's the you know here's the shots of all the twenty thousand posts of that's a lot of flannel and it's and it seems like most of them, it's all about her and her fingers, right? Mm-hmm. Look at my ring, dude. Have you guys had a friend? I have one. Twenty thousand of them. The one where no. the guy bought a girl a ring, but the rock wasn't as big as the other friend's ring, yeah. so she kind of hides it and plays it down when they're talking. Yeah, I wouldn't. Everybody's be got that one friend. <laughs> dude, that's yeah. hilarious. 20,000 hashtags from, from that in the last couple of weeks. See what, 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 what I think, what I think happens is like when we talk about this stuff, when we ask these questions, when we say, Hey, look, you know what? Marriage is a very risky proposition. When we talk about how, you know, what women's nature is like, when we talk about how men don't have authority, blah, 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 all of that goes against this idea of getting to this idealized state for guys who are in this, you know, patriarchy mind mode, right? If, if guys know the truth, and women know the truth, then they won't get together and have babies. They won't be able to to live these this idealized life that I'm living right now. That I I'm, heck, I would love everybody to be able to live my own. You know, hey, I I wish you have success. I hope you find a good chick. I hope you have kids. You know, I hope you could make that work. But I'm not going to sit here and lie to guys and say this is impossible. This can't happen. This is. Um, you know, this is women's nature. And the more men know about that, the better, the better educated they become and the better decision makers they become. So when they get to be like, say you become red pill aware, you start internalizing it, you're dating non-exclusively, you get to be about 33, 35 years old, somewhere around there. Guess what? You have better education. You under, you're making accurate, you know, choices based on accurate information. At the very least that stupid, that hashtag about engagements, instead of her showing off the ring, will be showing you off. Heaven right. forbid. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like, the part that gets that you me on should those. Be the not one, one that of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Not one of those guys thought, hey, shouldn't she be showing me off? Mm-hmm. I mean, I she's asked... not going to take my name. She's not going to. No, <laughs> no, it's about the signaling to her friends and family. Look what I got my plugged in bitch to buy me. 
Mm-hmm. Who yeah. would, and He's, guys are willingly signing on to being told you're second best right now. And then when a kid comes along, you're going to be fourth or fifth best next to, you know, mm-hmm. how I, I look friend. at the dinner party. And you can see it. In the we'll, call him, we'll call him Daniel. Daniel was engaged. Okay. And, um, you know, his fiance made a big deal about a ring being a certain size with clarity and all that sort of stuff. And he went out and he spent a lot of money on this, on this piece of dinosaur shit um, with the understanding that he was going to get a, a watch in exchange as part of the engagement gift. The watch <laughs> evaporated. The engagement pursued and they got married and the fucking marriage ended pretty damn quickly because, you know, that was a pretty good indication to him about how serious she was about entering his frame and facilitating his dreams, wants and desires in the marriage. Right. It was it was it was something Mm -hmm. as simple as like a three thousand dollar watch for a thirteen thousand dollar ring. And she wouldn't placate that, you know. I, I I'm I'm just gonna small, next time ask her to cook and keep her hair long. I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, I was just about to go into that, but but I, <laughs> a lot of people. And if I don't get it in the chat, I'll certainly get it in the comments. People will say, "Well, what did Rolo spend on his wedding ring for his wife?" Well, here's here's my this is my wedding ring. I think I it's a white gold thing I got for myself for like ninety nine bucks. My wife has one that's very similar to it, but it's a little bit thinner. I think that we spent 99 bucks on that. And the ring that she wears, the wedding ring she wears, is actually my mother's ring that my mom gave to me. So I spent $0 on the wedding ring. And, and you know what? My wife loves it, and she wanted it immediately. She's like, this is great because it, it's just she didn't care about the ring. She cared about me. She wanted to marry me. I was the one. I it I I, I keep telling guys to say you have babies, but did your wife want to have your babies, or did she yeah. just want to have babies? There's a yeah. difference. Big. I want to have your babies. I want yeah. your babies to be in me. I want to be part of your family. I'm going to take your name. This goes back to what I was talking about before with with women refusing men's surnames. This is a sign of the times because women don't want to be owned. I saw this uh, that other tweet. I think you guys saw this tweet as well, where it's like. Um, they uh, like women didn't. Oh, what was it? Uh, the, oh, about the, the, father, the father giving away the father giving away the bride. Right. Well, I'm not owned by my father. I'm owned by me. Blah blah blah. It's like, well, then why get married? Well, why bother? Why bother getting married? Because yeah. I actually loved that tweet. Because right? yeah, you did that. Well, what mm-hmm. are you offering in this marriage? And then she just gave a ha. Huh? And then it goes, brother mm-hmm. Morpheus at the end put that NPC with like the blue screen of death. Yeah. I could yeah. even hear the nose and the note in my head, and I just started laughing. <laughs> why why do women want to refuse a man? flies over the head. They never get that. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they don't want to do anything for the express pleasure of a man. They want so the thing is for most women today, and and I'm even religious women, the quality women that you think are out there that are going to, you know, settle down with 2.5 kids, even those women, the men that they're with are a means to an end. They aren't the end itself. So if you're with a woman who says, I want to get married, I want to have babies, blah, blah, blah. No, I don't want that. I want you to want to have my babies, my they, kids. That that kind of goes back to the point that we kicked off at the start of this broadcast with the 13% of married couples living in bliss. I think the only way that you're going to achieve that number is if you get into a scenario where you're married to a woman that wants to have your babies, like yeah. has a burning desire to get pregnant by your DNA, not some guy mm-hmm. that's just good enough. A lot of a lot of dudes get into marriages that you know, women will settle for and they're the guy that they settled for because he was just good enough. And it's, and it's where, where she was at that point in time in her life, right? She'd already been on the carousel and she just needed that good, reliable guy to show up to put a couple babies in her so she could reproduce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why they get into the eat, pray, love thing later on, because eat, he pray, wasn't love. the one. He yeah. just gave me some, you know, uh, I have kids. 
but I don't have his kids. I have kids. You know, I'm in love. I had a marriage. Not, you know, in yeah. love with you. Like, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. That was like the classic line. I mean, I used to ask women when I was dating after my divorce that were divorced, like, why did you get divorced? And it's like almost always the lyric that I would hear was, well, you know, we just kind of grew apart and I loved him, but I really wasn't in love with him. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, the, why guys are complaining about there's too many or there's not enough women around, there's no good women. They're not invested in you, so why wouldn't you just spin plates? Because for every one woman who's like, I just want my life scripts and I don't want no man to own me and talks that trash, mm -hmm. there's one guy out there who's going to be one woman short. So if he has to, he's going to take all those men ain't shit women and have them in a soft harem. Power to him. He, seven other guys, they can all just start screwing each other. The point of that is, though, there's only so many women to go around. And so for every one of these women, there's one guy who's going to be left alone which is really similar to how you were talking about like Muslims with 17 wives or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just weird how it's instead mm -hmm. of being an institutional harem, it's a casual sex culture. Yeah. That's, and that's 17 weird. girls are on Tinder that screw mm -hmm. the same, you know, 32 guys or whatever, or right. same seven but, guys. But I'm an asshole. If women want to have sex with me, right. I'm an yeah, asshole. You get mad, if I'm a 20... That's the thing. It's reality. Yeah. You aren't even saying this will happen. You're saying this well, already happened. Well, and that's the thing is the patriarch, the patriarchs can't, the trad con guys can't conscionable. They're there. It's unconscionable to, to hold a woman accountable for anything, right? Cause they don't have agency and they're just going to do it. The reason women are the way they are is because men don't man up and take responsibility. That's the idea, right? Okay. So that, right? So Which I would be the, fine with, except case, they're not owning the male part. Like what attracts a woman to that kind where she's like, you said, I want to have your babies. I want you right. shows him off. Right. Now, I, and I want that. And I want you guys to have that too. Yeah. 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 And I, I would very much love for you guys to have that too. But the, this, the thing is that you just, uh, Ryan, you just pretty much outlined everything I've written about uh, poly promiscuity and uh, you know, whatever uh, well, for I the read. last year. Well, because <laughs> I, that, that was the jump off point for me when I was, when I was exploring polyandry or poly polyamory, I guess, because there's a, it's, I'm sorry, 2020 is another, another prediction. You're going to see poly go through the roof. You're going to see it go mainstream. Yes, I'm talking to you, uh, Jack Murphy. Yes, it will go mainstream. It's already going mainstream. And if it it's not, has. you're going to see more and more of it until it does. Because that's where yeah. because it's it seems like to, to the guy that Ryan just described, the guy who's not getting any because some woman says, I'm going to be in a soft harem, which is basically just casual sex culture. I'm going to go and be in that. Guess what? That guy's not going to get any. Well, what does he have the choice? He can go with a sex doll. He can be, he can go dick in hand and jerk off, or he can go get into a polyamorous relationship because at least that gives him sexual access like a beta male primate, right? At least he has that access. So do we lose Rich? Is he gone? Yeah, he's just going to go to the bathroom break. Oh, he's going to break. Okay. Uh, but so at least that guy has sexual access. And that's the whole thing. That's the sort of the paradox of, of polyamory right now is all of those cultures that I was talking to you about when I was studying. Uh, the Economist did a great uh, uh, article about this, but how they studied and researched cultures who are pol uh, more polygamous. polygamous. Mm -hmm. And from that perspective, it's male initiated polygamy, meaning that their religion says, I get more than one wife, right? And this is how we do things. Those societies tend to be more war torn or more prone towards war and violence and and social well, that's the unrest. Incentive. Here, we'll give you a wife and some land. Let's go. Right. Let's go fight these Catholics. Well, guess what? Now we're going to say, okay, well, it's not about it's it's polyamory, it's polygamy, but it's women who are deciding that they want to be in a polyamorous 
social order where they're going to, like I keep saying, women would rather share an alpha male, a successful alpha, than be saddled with a faithful beta because they no longer need to consider their provisioning and their security and everything with a beta male because they can make their own damn money or they're getting resources transferred to them for through the state or through other men as it is. Yeah. So they well, don't that's need the smart part about it. Now we got plausible deniability. She's not right. actually in a harem. She's a strong, independent woman. Right. And I think and that's so clever as hell. A, that's anti-slut defense right there. Right. To right. But it still, it still has the same effect. We have a polygamous society and it's only, it's, it's women who are initiating it. We're only going to have sex with those top 20 percenter guys. And you guys, you 80 percenters, if you even approach us, we're going to say it's a me too case, or we're going to find some way to turn it around so that uh, it's illegal for you. So you won't even try to approach us because you should know better than to try to approach us. Cause otherwise we're going to take consent away from you and, and we're going to take you to court or we're, you're going to send you up the river because because uh, you try, you didn't know your place. So we're going to go and form our own poly polygamous, poly, polyandrous society over here called the casual sex culture. And therefore, we're going to turn Western culture, which was based on socially enforced monogamy, we're going to turn that and shift that into a new culture based on poly, which we're seeing happen right now. And so guys will say, well, I got three girls and it's great, man. It's where it works out for me. Yeah, I'm sure. Because you're probably one of those 20, 20 percent or guys that can get that, that can be in that. And so that seems, I like would want to say too, the 20% thing. It's not that that's unattainable status. Top 20% is so freaking easy. Now guys mm -hmm. are fat guys are lazy. Yeah, guys are and the, yeah, and I would guys say are the barrier to entry is lower and lower, but yeah, that's knows. like, I can't go to the bar because of the $5 cover charge. Like, yeah, I think so you can figure got, it out. <laughs> so you've got this, you've got this rise and, and people are saying like guys, average guys are seeing poly as sort of a mating strategy because it's better than being lonely. It's better than not having anything at all. So they would rather get into a poly relationship and sort of let her do whatever she wants to. And then you'll also see that this is paired up with, um, with the new war on paternity, which is we need to teach those guys who are going to have access to us or whatever. We need to teach them that it shouldn't matter who the father is so that we can get the betas to raise the alpha's kids. Oh, so now and we're, we're going to play the world of bonobos? Is that and, we're all, and we're already lining well, up. Well, that's what divorce is. Rich yeah. is divorced. But whoever his wife is dating now, that's essentially what he agreed to. The only yeah. difference here is the timings. Yeah, it's cuckoldry. I mean, like anybody that signs up to be with a divorced woman with kids is definitely. Uh, and and guys saying I don't I don't buy this uh, the Mad Max policy. Okay, fine. I I I don't want to believe it either because I think that that human beings are better off being monogamous. If they're it's better for their kids. It's better if a biological mother and father come together, form a family, have kids, raise those kids. Those kids are going to be healthier. I mean, statistically, this is proven. Okay. So they're not going to be a criminal. They're not going to be a rapist. They're not going to be a drug addict. They're not going to be, you know, on prescription meds, whatever. Stripper industry will plummet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, and I want to agree with you. I would love for, for society to, to lean back towards being a little bit more, well, being more monogamous, but we can't do that now because we've cut the teeth out of men's authority. Yeah, dude, so, it's going to get so worse what happens? It gets better. So what happens? Exactly what I said. We're going to, we're headed for a new polyandry. So let me ask you the guys this question, because you've been doing this a lot longer than I have, I think. And how have you seen things change for men when it comes to marriage over the years since you've started doing what you're doing? Since you became red pill aware and went down the rabbit hole and, you know, took off the blinders sort of thing, right? Me, I'm just surprised how many guys are doing the common law thing like me. They're just like, no, I watched my like for me, I watched 20 friends of my parents and my parents twice completely destroyed lives. We're not talking just divorce. We're talking divorce, cocaine use, suicide, all the works. And most of the guys from my generation, with this exception of a select few, were just saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just not going to do that. 
So that's the one thing I've noticed. Yeah, I I was um I was actually funny you say this because I was having this conversation with my daughter over this holidays and um, we were talking about how she is she's she said she's more attracted to guys who come from an intact family because they seem to know how to approach and be more confident and everything like the longest boyfriend she's had well, came from a very good you know intact family with like two three brothers and she was saying that the guys that she's met or the guys that that she you know was considering getting you know getting with um were 90 percent of them are from broken homes and it's still like i'm from a broken home like and what's a broken home like we were talking saying in the beginning it, uh, uh, was it a failed marriage or whatever my, my dad had two failed marriages if it's if it's about divorce um i have seen i think the the one shift i've seen from when I started and like I, when I was back in college, I was doing peer counseling for guys who were like, you know, in their 40, 40s and 50s. And I, I think the more common thing right now is guys uh, being awakened well married. And they, they read my work or they come into this, the, this sphere such as it is. And um, they, they understand a little bit better why they made the decisions that they made. And I think the regret and the resentment is not at women. It's at themselves because they should, they, they wish they would have seen it sooner. Oh, they always. wish they could have changed things. And so their whole life. And I think that's the roughest part. And I, I really want to do a show about this is I want to talk about how like the red pill and red pill awareness has changed your opinion of your family of your friends, of how you got to be who you are, like whether that's like how you were brought up or how your impression of your mom and your dad or how, however it is so, now that you know, now that you know the red pill truth, yeah. how does that change things for you? Yeah. So I've got an interesting question to pose to you then, because I mean, we've all, you know, had a bunch of messages and emails and DMS from people over the year. Cause usually it's around this time of year, they'll reach out and they'll be like, you know, I love your shit. It's changed my life. Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas. I hope you, you know, you and your family are the set and the other thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's always, oh, you get the prep, you get that first. I just get the wall of text of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you and me both. Well, that's always included in there, right? It's like the wall of text of my life. Thank you. You've changed my life. This and that. I've not had anybody that's ever said to me, my life is worse as a result of watching your videos or my life has become, you know, uh, I'm getting worse results now because of what you said in these videos. I haven't had anybody tell me that. So we're yeah, in the flaw with the red pill. Like where, where does that lie? I'm still waiting for that evidence from people. No, I don't, I don't get that either. In fact, I get the, I get the, thank you for saving my life. I, yeah. And then of course you get the wall of text and then at the, you, you got to wait for the last paragraph when they go, okay, here's what I need help with. <laughs> the worst I've heard is when people listen too much to the noobs in the room that are just ranting about how much, how they're in their anger phase. Mm -hmm. And it's all they listen to is the anger phase guys. And they're going to leave with a sour taste. But I mean, you don't go to karate and then learn everything you can from the white belts and say karate sucks. So well, I can't really. One of, the, of that one. one of the things that I, I think is actually coming up in the next year is, and we're already seeing it right now, is there's going to be a lot of conflation of MGTOW with the red pill. Oh, right. Right. That's right. Already ha it's already happening. Already happening right now. And I think as a result of that, people will say, well, I hear all these guys in the red pill, the red pill. Uh, say that they hate women and they want to take women's rights away and they want them to repeal the 19th and they want to every, no, just get a doll and that just get a doll is red pill, man. I can't believe they hate women. That's why, because they, they think that all that stuff is red pill because that well, if it wasn't it, that they just make up conflated. something else though. 
Yeah, but anything that really yeah. points to uncomfortable truths about the feminine imperative is always, to, you know, grouped together. You know, they call it like I've been called everything from an incel to a MGTOW to a red pillar. Mm -hmm. to It's like, do any of you Muppets know what any of these words mean or, or <laughs> even looked at more than, you know, one line of a tweet or, or something like that? Because there's a hell of a lot more to it than just that. It's just I mean, even if you put a small list together of three things on Twitter and say, I would like a woman that isn't overweight. Ah, how could you say something like that? And how could you define mm -hmm. beauty in this way? And they just lose their fucking shit. But women can go out and put like a video out with 80 things that, that, that men need to do before they'll abandon their um, unlimited access to uh, cock on the carousel, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it doesn't matter what you say or do, you're always going to be the bad guy. I've, I've gotten to the and point. And it's like, what they do. Yeah. It's, <laughs> You know, I'm just kind of the point where it's like, I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. And if people want to listen, that's cool. And if they don't, they can go pound sand. I'll just ignore or block their asses. Well, when you get, when you present guys with uncomfortable truths, it's easier to dismiss you as being a PUA or being whatever their boogeyman yeah, is. The other bad guy. Yeah. So that you, so they can go back to whatever it is. And okay. So obviously that kind of sounds like I'm, I'm taking a stab at MGTOWs. I'm not, I'm actually taking a stab at the patriarchs, right? At the trads, because they'll say the same thing. Rollo's a PUA. Yeah. Do you want to listen to him? Fuck that guy. You know, he's not, he's not saving Western humanity. Like why we they are. Hate for PUA though. It's just a skill. It's like well, anything. Guys PUA, learn how to pay their taxes and do PUA, accounting. All like, it really is, is just the, learning how to deal with rejection. That's what yeah. it boils down to. PUA is Come the up new, with a system to give you the confidence to go talk to girls. And have at least some idea as to what the next step should be. And then after a while, once you do it three or four times, it's like riding a bike. You don't think left pedal, right pedal. You just point and go. Yeah. And PUA that's ideally the, where you go. PUA is the new boogeyman. It's it's who and I'm not and I'm not saying it's MGTOW, it's MGTOW, it's MRAs, it's Elliot uh, Rodgers. Uh, it's it's Tradcons. It's what even the really the really super religious, the the Christo red pill, everybody's a PUA except for them. Anybody who disagrees with them is a PUA. And it's easy to it's easy to throw rocks at that guy because you think of him as like mystery in his top hat and his fluffy, you know, boa or feather boa or whatever. And they forget uh, he was a magician, so he's kind of supposed to be wearing Yeah, that. yeah. So it's easy to laugh at those guys because they look like the 70s leisure suit Larry character, right? That was a great uh, game. And weren't I, they weren't I, they gaming in like North Hollywood too? Oh yeah. Well, that was one place. Yeah, one, so it's kind of like many. that's what people there wore anyway. It's like making fun of a guy at Club 54 for dressing in a weird yeah pantsuit like that's yeah. kind of what they wore there yeah. if, if your if your uh visual image of a pua looks like mystery from 2003 guess what it's 2020 guys you know <laughs> shit has changed dramatically but i i i get what you're saying uh rich because i in you i think i included you in this conversation but i over the over the holiday i left i had one really kind of epic viral tweet and all i asked was what would your woman or your girlfriend say if you asked her, I, if you said, I prefer women with long hair, will you grow it out for me? I didn't say. Did the outrage mob come for you? On oh, that? oh Dude, man. They, it's, yeah, still going, it's still going right now. It's still viral right now. And people are, people are like throwing rocks. Oh, I can't believe you'd say so. She should do whatever she wants. And so you've got, you've got the women who, who are losing their shit, which I expected. That's, that's predictable. But then you've got the guys who like, well, I would never go out with a woman in the first place who didn't have long hair. Okay, thanks, asshole. But what would she say if you asked this question? Well, one guy answered, what would she say? There was, I think, three guys. 
that mm-hmm. said she grew her hair out longer, and that's it. She didn't say anything. She just did. Well, I, I, I want to know what she that. would. I met my chick with shoulder length hair. She's got nice, thick shoulder length hair, and I said, you know, grow it out. It looks a lot nicer growing out because I saw pictures of it longer. And she did mm-hmm. it. I mean, there was no protesting. Anyone that would protest something like that, next, see you later, bitch. Well, yeah, I, Mike, and, I, Mike and I get that, really and, and, and Rich, I, and Rich, I understand. Like, said, no, that's all I've ever said, and it's long as hell now. Rich, I understand why why you would say like that's what most guys' response was. Well, I told her this, and I have the frame, so she just did it, right? Okay, I I wanted to know what she would say when you asked her to do those things, and the reason for that is because it confronts guys with really the question of where is your mental point of origin? Is it with yourself or is it with the woman? And what happens is, and predictably, these guys are predict. Predictably, these guys will come back with, and I and I put it on there. I put a list of these things that come back. Like uh, uh, Bobby Dino came back and says, "Well, what would you have? What would you say if she asked you to grow your hair longer, to cut your hair out, whatever for her?" And I'm like, "That's not the question. The question is, what would she say?" And, 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 just and of course, up air in a conversation. And that is well, and and that is because we because that question elicits sort of this uncomfortable uneasiness for guys to put them into a position where they might actually have to ask a woman to do something to please them. And that's what they don't want to do. So that therefore you get the, the, the binary response, which is what Bobby Dino said, which was, um, uh, it's the, the blank slate, nah, right? It, it's like, it's like, yeah, nah, um, yeah. It's like, it's well, the, what would she, what would you do? What would she do? I thought that's not the question I'm asking you what she would say. And it's like, well, it's not that the, the, the answer isn't turn it back around on him. It is what would she actually say? And it, what happens is it puts these guys in these positions of having to figure out what she would say or putting themselves in a, like the hypothetical position of actually saying, this would please me. Why don't you do it for me? It's not, I, I'm not testing to see if you have frame. I'm not testing to see if you have dominance. I'm testing to see what you will say when I ask you this question. Like what's, Suck, what's, yeah. your, what's, your, what's your answer going to be? That's actually a really good test that you could use, um, you know, in the engagement dating process to see if she would enter your frame and do something simple like become more feminine, right? Yeah, or she. The old fashioned compliance test. I do it all the time. I am surprised people are awkward about it. I girl, I tell my girl like, "Hey, you should dress sexy for me." Throw away crappy pajamas. She wears like uh, teddies and stuff now. I Mm -hmm. look better with longer hair. She grows longer hair. Like she actually wants to please me, which really Mm -hmm. encourages me to want to please her too. So. Yeah, it's and just, so, and it just seems like such a a normal chain of events that happens in a relationship. I am surprised people are having so much. Well, I'm not surprised, but I'm saddened that people are having so much trouble with just letting it be known. You want to have sex with a hot girl, and if she's going to be the only one, then to put some effort in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then so to but to put most put the average guy, the average guy who's going to see this question, to put him on the spot like that. Well, I would never do that. Or she, I wouldn't, yeah, I, I would I never know. be, with, I would never be with a girl like that. Oh, she should make her own decisions. I should love her for the way she is. I'm like, that's not the answer. The answer is what would she say to you for doing that? And really what it is, is that they're coming back with like, they come back with a binary response. They come back with a blank slate. Well, what about uh, you? These guys will find your blog or our videos or whatever at some point when they get crushed in the divorce machine. Well, I'm going to write an essay. I've decided I'm going to write an essay about this question because it really kind of shows the thought process. Yeah, it shows the thought process. Where where are you going to go with this? Guys think, and here's the other thing is guys say, well, of course she would do it for me. 
she would do it for me. No problem. I'm like, that's not what I asked you. I said, what would she say if you asked her to do that? Would she fight you? Would she say, no, screw you. I'm not, you know, but they don't even want like the, the idea of asking that question is like, like a foreign alien thought to them. They would never even consider doing something like that. And that right there is a really good thing. To that carries over from single guys who walk up to girls and friends on themselves because they're afraid to act sexual as if they want to have sex. They hide it. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'll just be your friend first. It's the mm -hmm. same thing, just well, further was, on well, down the line. Find the damn tweet. You you got so much going on here. I, I know. I got. I have. A, I have. A, yeah, I was busy over the. <laughs> Dude, uh, you and me both. I don't know. I put so it in our. I put it in the. Pro, we're just I, losing I put it in the private diehard. Go look in our private <laughs> chat. There, it's it's linked oh, to our okay. private chat. Um, but yeah, I, and so my my whole thing is this is like where do you start your thinking process? Is it with yourself or is it with with the woman that you're with? And it's that same thing about Andrew Yang. Well, shouldn't you consider what she has to say if you're going to make big important decisions like that? Mm, consider away. No, no, because a woman should be a complement to your life and not the focus of it. So if she's, you know, my of course I would have been pissed running for president. She's talking shit to me on air, like. You better hold that off till November. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Keep that to yourself and your mother. Jesus. Right. And then, of course, and then he followed that up like three days later with, uh, oh, men are basically idiots and we need women. We're, we're basically more. He's following up. He's trying to, to ride the coattails of Obama because Obama said the same thing. You oh, know, yeah. men are basically incompetent. We need women to come and clean up our mess. Same thing came out of Yang because he thinks that that's going to get him more votes. And honestly, I think it's kind of stupid at this point because I think that for most, more paper towel and laundry detergent yeah for most for most people for most people in the united states we've already decided who we're going to vote for we already know who we're going to vote for yeah. I mean, there are no swing voters anymore not not now not in this election i'll tell you that right now mm -hmm. if you're going to vote against trump you're going to vote against him if you're going to vote for him you might as well have the election right now yeah, yeah. but uh well, it's, but and I, that's I, elections I, in general canada was the same way we're our cycles are so predictable i don't know why people are playing real politic anymore it's like come on yeah. Rich and I had our little show. I called it six months before. I didn't know anything about the issues. Sure enough, happened just like that. Yeah. The only thing I got wrong is I thought Max was going to make his 5%. And he only got like 1.8. Yeah, I got like one seat. That was it. I was well, so angry. No, so they didn't I even have... get the seat. Just the he's, greens. he's actually pretty ruthless ruthless on twitter he's been going at that greta thunberg chick for the last couple of weeks there was a couple of tweets i started following him he's actually pretty funny oh yeah i'm liking him i never thought i'd like a montrealer but then he had to show up yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah, cool okay, so, all right so wife up those hoes guys go do it yeah. well i and i still think we need to in some way consider like what is a workaround like how i i've been i've been saying this for forever it's like i still think that men and women are better together than we are apart there needs to be some way for us to come together as men and women start families because for uh for for us to for men to go on one side of the playground and for women to go on the other side of the playground and nobody ever comes to talk to each other except for when on tinder when they want to get laid occasionally and only the 20 percent of those guys are going to get laid that's not a long-term a long-term solution. That's the girl's call though. If she's not fighting to it keep is. you, there's no relationship. It so is. really at your point, it's we're peacocks now. We're no longer plow horses. We're peacocks. Yep. Yeah. So you just got to live accordingly. And you, back before Roosh lost his mind, he used to say that men have to be clowns. We have to. Yeah. Have and to that's be the thing. Roosh 40 years old, hasn't had a single girl in his life saying that she wants to keep him and have his babies. I don't think that's a, I don't Go think that's it. the girl's problem. Well, he's yeah. going to have a hard time with it, with the look he's got going on right now, man. Well, yeah. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> he even had an article about how working out put game at a whole different level. He still never lifted a weight. 
He knows being Kemp looks good, yet still he wants to look like he just came out of a cave when America was fighting Mm -hmm. (laughs) Al-Qaeda. Spider hole. Dude, I was almost about to thank him for freeing Iraq when he started popping out with those photos again. Holy shit. Uh, I mean, and I, and I hate that because I really liked Rouge back in the day. I really, like, I've credited. Yeah, there's a lot of people we like that have kind of gone crazy. I lately, wish, so. I wish, yeah. I wish things had been different for yeah. the guy. I really do, um, because like he had some really good stuff. In fact, I'm going to go back to like on tomorrow's show. I'm going to go check out this one uh, post that he made in 2010 about what he saw the future of game being. And we'll just we'll we'll figure out exactly like well, was he right or was he not right and where are we gonna go in the next in the future? One of those things was like men have to be famous. Like you've got it's, it won't be enough to just have good game. You'll have to have game plus fame. We'll have to have Whatever. game. I somehow got famous. I didn't even yeah. know how it happened. Exactly. Well, it doesn't have to. You don't have to be like a you know a top athlete or something. You just have to have you have to be you have to have game look good and then like be a, a DJ in Vegas, or you have to have something that like makes you stand out. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-selection, but you have to ha- honestly have like fame of some sorts. Like you've got to Like you have to be famous. Okay, fine. Or you have to be the top guy in whatever circle you happen to be in. And he's not wrong about that. I, I think, but we- dude, just 10,000 Twitter followers. I got people swooning over that. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. What, really? Like that's yeah. a thing. It's just mm-hmm. pixels. They don't pay me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's not difficult, but I, a lot of the predictions he made and that I thought were really accurate and I'd like to sort of cover those as well as um, like make our own. I think yeah. we, we really need to do is go over the stuff that we predicted last, last year and see how accurate I, I, I went and looked at that video and I'm like, I was accurate about 98% of this stuff. The only thing I was inaccurate about was, how quick it happened <laughs> it was it was amazing like almost the next month it happened <laughs> yeah. yeah the whole thing is just weird but whatever you know what uh one of your one of the girls in the chat i don't know why there's a girl listening but welcome it's all right she asked well what do we do and i think it's still the same thing like all this yeah. stuff you're talking about the pre-selection with social media it was no different back in the day it was just you were the guy that was thought well of at the church or among your social circle at school it's just pre-selection with technology to amplify it mm-hmm. Same thing with Tinder. Instead of casual dating where you had to go out and run cold game, you have Tinder and you bring them to your house. Or All this stuff is exactly the same as it was, only bigger and more amplified, so you have to be better because now there's more options. And as long as you're a girl's best option, she'll fight to keep you and then just accept that it's temporary. You're not going to die in each other's arms at 97 years old. At some point, she's probably going to leave and you either need to be okay with that or prepare for it to happen. And then if it doesn't happen, awesome but it probably will. I, I'm still of the opinion that we need to bring the sexes back together again. I think we really need, like I said, we're better together than we are apart. We're compliments. We are not equals. And we need to get that out of our head right now. Is that egalitarian equalism? No. We, I, I, we, we've proven that the blank slate is a lie since as far back as like the late 70s. Okay. With biologically, evolutionarily, anthropologically, sociologically, the blank slate is horseshit. We need to throw that run right out the window. But that doesn't mean that we can't come together and still be the compliments that we have evolved to be and we're better together than we are apart the hardest part of that is not getting the guys to come to the table it's getting the women to come to the table because women believe that they are into why why wouldn't they why would they come that why would they want to negotiate uh losing the power that they have and that's what the patriarchs bend over backwards to give her more anyway because it's it's all about winning strategy 
female hubris is what it is. I mean, we're, we, I would say the next decade is going to be defined by female hubris and you're never going to get them to come back to the table. So as soon as we can say, Hey ladies, <laughs> I can see rich. Just yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So here's what I want to say. Like I was talking to John last night on a playing to win broadcast. And one of the things that he brought up, I thought it was interesting. You know, the thing about the red pill is what it does is it gives you a roadmap to show you where all the hazards are, like where all the landmines are. Mm -hmm. And it gives you an opportunity to navigate the world, the sexual marketplace, whatever it is that you want to call it, in a way that's a lot more, um, like there's some thought involved before you're making choices and decisions. That's really what it, there, there's a dog again. <laughs> it's just, mm -hmm. it, it just gives you the, those opportunities to at least see what the mapping looks like and where you can avoid the hazards. That's what it does. And that's how you can bring the sex together right now. It's unfortunate that that's the way that guys are forced to respond to things. But that, I mean, what are the alternatives? Just get a doll or just live in a cabin in the woods? Like what are your options? Switch on an exhaust up. pipe, I guess. You know, just wife them up because there's 13% of the people living in bliss right now. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, and I, I, I should say is, and I, this is part of my my research for book four is you see this a lot in religious cultures as well. And I, I think amongst women, uh, I think that the secular culture that sells women. Uh, girl, wait for the right guy. Wait for the dude that's going to be the best for you. Wait for God's uh, anointed husband for you. And it doesn't matter if you're 60 years old when that guy finally shows up. That's the plan for you. And it's like, no, that's not the plan for you. There's something else that's going on here. Women don't have any incentive for insight right now. They don't. They don't think why it's, it's well because it's, it's natural solipsism, and that's one of the biggest obstacles women have is that anything that's going on outside them must be somebody else's. So the reason I don't have a husband is because men are infantile and they only want the, right. these girls, or or they're only after a trophy wife. Or uh, why am I 36 years old and I'm crying in my my wine with my cat next to me? Why you know because those horrible men? Well, why do you think that, ladies? Why do you think that? Well, because there are social conventions in place at every step of your maturity to find some way to absolve you of any any insight, any thinking about yourself and why you came to that, and also um, to allay you know blame on anybody but yourself. To 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 say you know like I've I've said I, I, have, a, I have a really great post called um, what single plus single plus hot is cra equals crazy, right? Hmm. The crazier that woman is, she's probably still going to be unmarried. She's probably not going to have kids, but she's still going to be look good looking, but she's probably nuts. There's probably something that is wrong with her or the way that she, you know, the, her outlook on society or whatever, how she sees men, whatever. There's no insight. There's no asking herself questions. Am I doing the right thing? Did I, did I make the right decisions? Was I misled by a blue way? We talked about this before the blue pill for women. Like, have I been misled? Have I, you know, maybe I should change my way of thinking about things. You're never going to get women to do that in a uh, society that is all about social media. And it's also uh, always about appeasing women's egos. Here's a, uh, a, a point from that woman, uh, Ryan Cassandra. She says, is there a red pill type book designed for young women? Yeah, like I'm not really sure what you're looking for. You're looking for a copy of the rational male, you know, done in pink, just called the rational female. Oh, actually, you know, I remember a lot of girls were talking about this before during back when Red Pill Women was trying to get off the ground before their split. It was yeah. um, girls had their, their alpha male, for lack of a better word, and they were fighting on how do I keep them, mate retention strategies, which was good. And then it slowly kind of morphed into girls that pick their, their beta male option and then how to cope. Hmm. So really, it's not something that you need a book on. It's more so 
mate retention strategies, but every girl kind of knows those. But for the most part, just if you got like a second tier husband that you're settling for and you don't quite feel the tingles, shut up, don't nag him, let him lead and allow him to fail is really the best advice I've seen out there. And I don't know how you could fit that into an entire book, but I'm sure there's picture books out there. Probably yeah. most men don't know how to lead today. They don't, but that's why she's kind of got to let him do it and be accept that he's going to fail at it for a while. Yes. And make it real. Make it make give him real authority, really. And I don't like no, had, no no woman will do that, but give yeah, and him I've had the real girls authority. that against my suggestion, they actually had me consult them on this because they were talking about that exact situation. My husband's not my best choice. They make up all these excuses as to why they deserve better and it's not him. And I'm like, look, here's how it's gonna happen. And I go through the whole setting yourself up for monkey branching. You know, mm -hmm. the ones like you go to marriage counselors so you can say you tried everything. You make yourself available to another guy and then you set it up so he's the bad guy and you're the good guy. And I'm like, try these things. These are what will work. But I guarantee you in six months, it's going to happen. And it happened twice, exactly like I suggested. So I don't think there is a female strategy. They're just, they just go on the scripted instinct. It's, it's so predictable. It's almost kind of sad that a guy can know this and mm -hmm. still fall into the trap. Let me ask you this question, guys, before we wrap up, because I know you got to go at five, Ryan. So do you think that the current state of the sexual marketplace serves women better today than it did maybe 100 years ago? Not according to their happiness. They don't seem to be very happy, do they? No, no. statistically not. But I don't think it's something that we can turn back either. I think it's a technological problem. Because back in the day, our grandfathers... At 17, you left high school. At 18, you could get married. At 19, you could have a job in a factory and have a family at 21. Yeah. But now you leave high school at 17, you're sexually active. You can't finish college and get a decent job until you're 23, 24. At that point, you need a couple of years to establish yourself. You'll maybe buy a home at 27, 28. That gap is just too big to expect people to be celibate and waiting for each other to settle down. Well, so you're just going to get casual sex. This is what happens. Yeah. And we've also seen a lot of complaints from women that there's not enough marriageable type of men today. Mm -hmm. And what, and what got men wives like in the forties and fifties, like after the second world war was just, you know, a fucking Ford Mustang and a fucking house and, yeah. then, and they'd, and they'd get a wife, right. And they'd have a kid and they had or kids and a family and all that. But today that that's not enough, you know, having a Mustang and a job in a factory is not yeah. enough. Game plus game. No, it's looked down upon. Girls will take a lawyer earning sixty grand a year over a plumber who owns his house outright earning two hundred thousand. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, because they and, don't have to. Because they're not going to starve if they pick whoever. Because they've the been they've it. been taught they've they've been conditioned by the female blue pill, whatever you want to call it, um, to think that they are entitled to to that guy who's the attorney. They, but they are, man. I'm telling you, we were buying homes here downtown Toronto. We looked at this one building, which was just gorgeous, right next to a park. And the realtor said no, because that one is housing designed for women, like single moms of at least two kids. So we couldn't even buy it. Like it is, it's subsidized and it's incentivized. Oh, it's by the government too, eh? Yeah. Well, yeah. most women are also, um, this is the first real, real generation. I say the last two generations that have been exposed to the global sexual marketplace as opposed to their local sexual marketplace. So when your grandma and your grandfather got together, it was usually because they lived in the same town, they went to the same high school or they bumped into each other at the same work or whatever it was. Yeah, they got married, they had kids and that was that because you were the best thing in that local sexual marketplace, which is, you know, BFE, you know, Alabama, wherever you were from, right? Yeah. Now 
women have smartphones. Like, like Tate was saying, it's like, you can't go over to Estonia and expect to find some poor, you know, woman who's looking for the golden ticket to the United States and do well. You have to actually have game. You have to actually be somebody. Same thing happens in the Philippines. Now it used to be like all these guys say, well, I'm going to go to Southeast Asia and find me a foreign bride and stuff. And you might still be able to do that. But like, for the most part, even those women have access to the global sexual marketplace. So if they, if she has a cell phone, she can see this guy ain't shit. And this guy is, I'm going to swipe right on him and swipe left on that other guy right there because we're now part of a global sexual marketplace and that teaches women that they are entitled to the guy who is you know in america who has lots of money looks like brad pitt and and i'm just going to hold out until that guy comes along and arrives on my doorstep and and they believe that they deserve that because innate solipsism but they're also taught that they're entitled to that and that they can the world is theirs they can be the president they can be an astronaut whatever else they want to things have changed you go girl you don't need a man no more and you really don't need a man no more because they that don't. provisioning side is gone so what am i going to do i'm what do we, well what do women naturally do they're going to hold out for the alpha fucks instead of the beta bucks so i think if you're going to change anything oh by the way i should say this is um Dr. Babe got asked that question uh, just last night, and she She's said, still a thing. Good for her. And she said, and she recommended that the girl go and read The Rational Male by Rollo Tomasi. Hmm, maybe she's smartening up. <laughs> but I, anyways, I, I think that teaching, like, I, I know that there is a certain convention that's going to try to make women great again. I think that that is a misguided effort if you're not going to expect women to take responsibility for themselves and to teach them that they need to come to the table that they, if you're, I, I wrote a, I wrote an essay uh, that was titled, you know, an essay for women. Like these are the things that you need to start thinking about if you want to be monogamous, right? Wow. You could even be married to a patriarch, right? If you read this, but uh, I don't think I, I, you know, people afterwards were saying this is kind of a wasted effort role because the women aren't going to, aren't going to read this. They're not going to care. They get pissed off if, if rich asks them to do six things on a tweet and it makes a six o'clock news on top of that. Um, so what what incentive do women have to want to be better? They have everything. And they think that if they hold out long enough, they'll get the best dude too. So and why, why would they? History, but that's kind of what's left. Peacock. Well, and then, then, then that kind of, this, this helps me sum everything up is that the patriarchs thing is if, the, the, the whole thing is based about based on men, like Candace Owens was saying, based on men taking responsibility and becoming more manly and becoming more masculine and to embrace conventional masculinity, which is absolutely 100% my message for a very long time. But, but not in the you, way she thinks. But not without telling women they need to also you know, come to the table. They need to, <laughs> women need to man down if men are going to man up. And she's never going to say that because she's part of the sisterhood and it's all about female empowerment on that side of the table too. So, I know the best strategy though for manning up the slaughterhouse. I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. The best strategy I've found is if a girl is terrified that you can cheat on her at any time, she'll act right. She'll demasculinize like hell because girls, at least from what little I know about girls, the one thing they hate is losing a top tier man to that bitch. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I hate it. to say it, but just having options is one of the best mate retention strategies yeah. out Dal there. Rock, and I Dal really said how many guys refuse to use that tool. Dal I'm not Rock. saying cheat, but just the fact that you could, you have opportunity and availability and that she has to provide. That's what you said. What does she offer in the relationship? Mm -hmm. A reason not to find another girl. That's all she has to provide. Yes. Yes. And, and then none of them do. Uh, Dalrock used to call that um, threat point. 
It's like, oh, what's yeah. the threat point? And unfortunately, that's the, the 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 sad reality of it. There has to be some like, you know, dread. That's why when I talk about dread, people lose their minds. But it's true. There has to be something that she dreads for her to want to please you, to want to be a part of you. Or to like if she dreads the thought of losing you and the babies yeah. she had with you because she wanted to have your babies. Then yeah, and it's it does a oh well that's horrible. You have to keep her in line. Yeah, but unfortunately that's sad, that's a that's sad the thing. thing. But you that's how it happens. Like how many married guys are worried about missing out or they they miss the chase? Girls miss the chase too. The mm -hmm. idea of having a kept man, they don't like it. They always like the idea of they don't quite always have them because then that's challenge. And if you want to keep a girl for twenty years, then yeah, you kind of at some point she has to always have in the back of her mind: if I don't act right, he's gonna leave me and find somebody better. So I better act right. Yeah. It's a subconscious My, thing, but that's because nobody wants what they've already got. So they can never quite have you. Does that make sense? Mike Land, I see you in the chat there. Go on Dalrock's website and type in Threat Point. He has a lot of material on it. It's good too, because that's where it got into why these like insane divorce cases happen. It's not because women want it in particular. They don't want to destroy men, but it keeps all the other ones in line. I really like how he took that angle from it. Yeah, it's dread. But that's fine. That's the thing. Rich, I guarantee you, kept his girl there more loyal than anything. When he's sitting there on the bench in Mexico doing lat pull downs with her seated yeah, on that bench. Like a little girl. Like that's what she wants. She wants that guy. She wants that yeah, dude. And I bet to you Karen across the way was more than happy to take him if she didn't want him. <laughs> and, and and what happened after that, Rich? Well, what did guys say about you after that you put that video on Instagram? Oh, the standard stuff. You're Whoa, what are you? You think you're a real man? There's always some lyrics. Somebody always tries it. Like, I've just ignored that. Well, I'm not that. saying you wouldn't, but I'm just saying that it's funny that the typical result, you, you'll get more shit, not from women, but from men. Yeah. You know? What's sad to me is nobody said anything about you, before, which means they probably don't lift. <laughs> don't that's true should have been saying some weird stuff like your third vertebration you're not the left. enough or put on some sunscreen it's like dude i'm 46 i'm not trying to compete in a bodybuilding contest i'm just having some fun while i'm on vacation relax mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's the other part they took it way too seriously yeah. gotta be fun it's weird man social media is weird it's a strange place yeah they don't call it game because you got to be super serious about sleeping together it's like have, enjoy it and whatever. If she leaves, you get another one. Rich got divorced. Rich, I don't know, you got run through the ringer as best I could tell. And you didn't seem to die from it. So, I mean, you don't want to get divorced, raped, but it's not going to kill you. I didn't do too bad in the divorce. I mean, it, it just cost me a year and a half of my time, basically, and some money. There's a lot of guys that have that have done way worse than I have. I mean, and and even for me, there was a point where I was suicidal too in the whole divorce process. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that it handles men and that it assumes that you're a useless piece of shit that needs to be used as tax cattle to mm -hmm. facilitate her wants, needs, and desires. That's that's, yeah, that's and everybody in the whole fucking world is aligned against you from your church to your family to her family yeah. to the so her friends and everybody no else. To it either. Military, we did use that a lot when we were doing any of our justice stuff. It's that when a guy doesn't understand the process, it actually causes more dread than the threat of like imprisonment or, you know, military prison, all that stuff. And so if somebody was being particularly bad, then you just kind of play up the theater of it. And that would always get a guy like I every time a guy got charged, he'd be crying in my office. Mm -hmm. I've seen too many men, grown men crying. So no man should have that. So I just want to jump in here because we've got Cassandra O. Troy here in the chat. She's saying that's why I believe both men and women were extremely damaged by feminism. So yeah, feminism didn't do it. So 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 here's my challenge to you, ladies that are watching this, or or, or lady. 
get the sisterhood <laughs> together, get your pink pussy hats and paint them red or blue or different color, and go march on Parliament Hill and tell them that the family law system is hostile towards men and men aren't wifing up women and you'd like to see that change. That's what you need to do. Not read books, not sit in the chat as a fly on the wall to see what men are talking about. Start taking action because that because that's what's going to change the landscape. Because they're not listening to men, they're not listening to MRAs, they're not listening to women that are in MRAs. The only thing that men can do right now is just take in this knowledge. Oh, yeah. I've been educated, now I know how to navigate this landscape a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Well, I do call middle-aged soccer moms apex predators, so it would be the mm -hmm. one person that could do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh man, yeah, we're running a little late. So we're just gonna we close go. this up then, Rolo. You mind leading us out here? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, make sure you guys show up tomorrow. We are having the year end uh, rule zero episode. It will be at 11.30 Eastern in the morning. Uh, we're gonna have, a. have I've got invites out to a lot of people who are going to just drop by for like five or 10 minutes, give us their predictions, uh, say what, what they thought of the last year. And we're just gonna sort of go through and make predictions and sort of see what we did. Uh, last year and see what came true and just sort of do our we, we do at end of the year thing we did it on that other podcast but now we're going to do it on this podcast so uh, it'll be on my channel tomorrow so if you haven't subscribed to my channel go over and do so just look up Rolo Tomasi you'll find me on there and uh, make sure you get the alerts as well but that will be at 11 30 a.m eastern tomorrow and then of course on Sunday I will be doing uh, my show my regular show with pat campbell at 4 30 eastern as well and i had a really great christmas and i'm gonna go play with my drone and my dogs now <laughs> nice how about I you know. rich um i'm gonna get back to work on writing my book which uh just leads me to the red flag chapter so i just let me hit the button here so i just dropped it in the chat if you guys want to get on the email list you'll get a, a copy of the uh red flag chapter on things to spot to uh you know vet a little bit better when you're dealing with sexual marketplace so you don't run into your train wreck um and we're on tomorrow for how long guys is it for hour and a half just two hours two, two hours hour. yeah. regular two hours yeah, um so. regular show we're just gonna get guys on and off and and just have some discussions and pretty much okay. decide what it what's gonna what's gonna happen in the next decade year end in review so if you're interested in when the book gets released guys get on that list there's a free chapter mm -hmm. we'll see you guys all tomorrow i'm looking forward to that last rule zero for the all year right. it'll be fun do that and i'll throw links in the description and all this stuff once we're done here um Thanks. for me Thank you, Patreon guys. You kind of delayed. We usually do our Q&As now. I threw some links in there. If you guys want to join in, we're going to have some locker room chat afterwards. Real problems, real solutions. And I'm probably going to cuss a lot more. They don't have to worry about monetization. So there you go. thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next All one. Right, fellas. Thanks. Yeah. It was fun.